0: For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts.
1: And because people are feeling the pinch cash-wise so much and trying to pay bills and keep everything uh, taken over in the home, um, they have to turn to services of charities and the likes of Cork Penny Dinners. Katrina Tumia makes the front of the echo this morning always coming up with the innovative ideas to try and help people as best they can and in many cases I have to say as discreetly as they can and the headline in the echo today talks about cities food libraries where they have apparently put in well there's a total of five city schools and three different creches we're now availing of mini food banks on the premises um, for the coming school term for parents struggling to feed their children and for those families things that will be available in these schools and crèches will be rice Pasta, tins of peas and beans and treats for the children and things like that. So our government really and our politicians really should hang their heads in shame really. And it's another example really of the split society, how some get and others do not get the help that they need. It's a front page or an inside page in the Echo. I might talk to, uh, if I have an opportunity to Katrina Toomey about that a little later on this morning. She's an incredible woman. She just powers on regardless of the challenges put in front of her and, indeed, her many volunteers and staff. Incidentally, other stories on Lee's side this morning talk about the average price for a house in Cork. Now, these figures are averages up to... uh, Where did I see it this morning? 12 months up to June of 2023 and if you break it down they're saying that the average price for a house paid in Cork is €317,500 now there are some substantially higher than that because uh, Kinsale continues to have the highest average price in Cork at €410,000 Balancolic is second I mean if there ever was a success story for a satellite town Ballincollig is it Glenmire not too far behind them with house prices but anyway far from digressing uh, sale 410,000 Balancholy comes in second at uh, 375 and Glenmire third at 365 now whether you're getting value for money for those houses I do not know they go up stage by stage when another stage of a development comes out it's gone up by about 30 or 40 grand. Is it value for money? I don't know. But at the same time, is it ever a bad time uh, to get on the property ladder? Or indeed, should people wait? Because uh, while house prices are booming outside of Dublin, they are dropping in Dublin. So I'm wondering whether that might actually happen across the country, where there is kind of like a, a saturation point where it won't go any higher and start to drop. So there's some of the figures. After after Glenmire then on the south side of the city you have uh, the south side and Carrigaline tied in fourth place with an average house price about 10 grand cheaper on the south side than in glanmire Hello? at three hundred uh, and euro and staying on lee side cork Bio this morning are reporting that they've been in touch with the misfortunate woman that ended up in the river there some days ago and as you know a fella having a pint went to her rescue And she's telling uh, the online news service that uh, she doesn't think that she'll ever be able to repay the man. She believes he was sent from God to help her. Apparently, um, she's remained anonymous and that's understandable, really. She's dealing with the issue and probably in trauma and shock over it. But she says, I went down to the river to clear my head and I was just sitting there in her car. Now, it's an electric car with an electric handbrake in the car. She says, I don't know what happened, but the next thing I knew, the car was in the water. She says, it was a freak accident. It's very dangerous down there. Electric cars can do that. Uh, My wife's got a hybrid electric, and it can be very jolty, and it's very reactive on the accelerator. The power in the electric car should not be underestimated. So even the tap of an accelerator... And before you know it, you're, you're in big trouble. But she says she was gobsmacked because people uh, were recording the incident on their smartphones. And she says, what really pees me off more than anything is I could have been dead and people were just standing there filming. And she's right to say that. And she got nasty injuries, I have to tell you. Uh, she got two black eyes, a broken nose. She thinks that one of her hands is broken, but is still waiting on x-rays. Went to hospital and all that, but thank God she's safe. But she wants to personally thank the man, because if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be here today. Um, she says people will say that he deserves a drink. He's the salt of the earth for what he did. And she's looking for the mystery man. So if anybody can help in that regard, or maybe you're listening, the gentleman who went to the aid of the woman on the keys... Uh, just not too far from from Goldberg's so that kind of area. There, would you get in touch with us? Text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six, and we'll pass on your details. Just want to say thank you. Yeah, just want to say thank you. Many of the papers this morning, of course, continued to talk about why Ungarda Shikana went to ATM machines to block people from availing of inverted commas free cash. There was a ring of steel put around lots, and the guards have come out and says, "Well, the headlines are saying ring of steel." Uh, Guardi were on the money um, many are saying you the banks are saying you can't keep the money but we won't charge you any interest on it uh, but you will affect your credit rating if you don't pay it back um, but um, it's interesting because the Guardi say that they had to respond because they got over 40 calls from the public to respond uh, to the run on money um, and that they were forced to respond to the banking glitch that was allowing people to draw upwards of uh, between 500,000 <laughs> Five hundred thousand, losing the run of myself. Five hundred euro to a thousand euro from an ATM, um, and so some got upwards of a thousand euro. But they say that their presence was triggered by actual calls from the public. Now, Bank of Ireland has said to customers who exploited this IT glitch and withdrew the money that it has to be repaid. They won't charge any interest on it, but you got to give it back. Now, thousands of people took advantage of it, and there was a run on the ATMs, and that's why the guards were the were called to dis. First people from trying to get money out. It's not free money. Of that, you can be sure. The examiner picks up on that, saying that if people were called in a moment of madness... They're talking to a fellow called Brendan Burgess, the examiner from AskAboutMoney.com. He says if people were caught up in a moment of madness, they need to go straight back in and lodge the money back into their accounts. Because if they don't, they're going to damage their credit rating. Now... I would suggest that some of them, at least some of them, have spent a fair what of it. Because if you did something like that, you did it um, in a moment of madness or I don't know what kind of logic was going through somebody's head. head but it would be the automatic reaction to something like that would be it as fast as you can, I suppose. So we'll come back to that in, in a few minutes time because many of the papers still lead with it on their front pages. They also talk... Of uh, Ryan Torberty, it's being suggested now that he will go back to the nine to ten a.m. slot in RTE, uh, but he will be paid. One paper is saying uh, less than two hundred thousand euro a year. Another is suggesting that the figure could be as low as uh, well. When I say as low as, you must remember that he was on north of five hundred grand, but it could be anywhere between one hundred and fifty and two hundred thousand per year. Uh, Pat Kenny's come out and said that Pat that uh, Ryan Torberty was one hundred percent wronged, uh, and RTE should put it right. Uh, I don't know if he stopped short of saying that RT should apologise to him, but he he just says that they must put it right. Uh, There's a lovely headline on this, even though it is a very serious story making the star today, and it's Tabri or not Tabri. Don't you like that? They also published in the mail today the actual figures. The big problem here is that RT were manipulating the books, short of cooking the books and uh, publishing false, knowingly false salaries for Ryan Tubridy. In 2017 they published 491 and a half grand when he was actually paid nearly 511 grand. In 2018, they published 495 grand, when he was actually uh, paid a whopping increase of that of nearly 545,000 grand, 5,000. In 2019, they published another 495 grand, when again, he was actually paid nearly 50 grand, more than that. So it was a very substantial difference, particularly in 18 and 19, the difference between what they published and what they paid him. And they knew what they paid him. And of course they knew what they published. But the differences in 18 and 19 were 50,000 euro. Now, I'm hearing a lot of people again, including um, some contributors on radio saying, yeah, yeah, but Ryan Tuberty knew about all of these things and he should have corrected the figures and he didn't. And it went on for years and he never came out and said they were wrong. I get that. How and ever he has apologized for it. And one wonders whether an apology is enough. What will happen with regards to uh, Brian Warfield in the Wolf Tones and Joe Duffy if the, the front man, he says he's going to make a formal complaint to RT? Over his treatment on Liveline this week because of the song Celtic Symphony U A Up the Rap. So, what will happen if there is a, uh, a public and a formal complaint? Um, the Radio 1 host was blasting the 77 year old Wolf Tone frontman uh, for singing brutal, awful music, glorifying violence just to make money. Uh, and uh, Brian Warfield says that he was ambushed on the. Uh, on the show, Joe Duffy gets paid th- 350 grand by RTE. I wouldn't make a third of that. What happened to me on Tuesday on Liveline was outrageous. I'll be making a formal form complaint from the outset. Joe Duffy was abusive and condescending. He thrashed the Wolf Tones, called us rubbish, guff, every name going. What happened to me was unbelievable. One thing about the Wolf Tones is anywhere they play, they play to sell out crowds. You gotta wonder why that is. And then we talk an awful lot about customer service, don't we? God only knows whether it's the banks or whether it's insurance companies or whether it's anything at all. And Ryanair are always not too far from criticism. There's been a story that started on the BBC last week because it's an English couple that's actually gaining an awful lot of traction even here in Ireland where they're elderly. They were hit with a mammoth bill at Stansted. They thought that they had downloaded all the tickets they needed for a trip to France to see family, but they were told at the check-in that the tickets were actually the return journey tickets. So they were sent away to the airline's sales desk. They went there and they're told, yeah, we will print the, um, the away tickets for you, but you have the returns one, the return ones. We'll print your boarding passes to fly out but well, we're going to charge you £55 to print each of them. Now, the idea of even charging to print the customer for a piece of paper is nonsensical to me. But to come up with the amount of money that it's actually going to be £55, euro per, pay, £55 per page, who comes up with these things if they're not, if they're not grounded and founded in nothing more than greed? But that's what they were charged, and they had to pay it. Uh, so that would come in at a total of €130 euro to print off two boarding passes. Um, Ryanair have people over a barrel, though. Very much so. If you're in the airport and the plane is there and it's going to take off, you don't have much of a choice but to pay up. Um, I don't know whether that could actually be changed with regards to consumer law or do Ryanair just operate and paddle their own canoe, um, you know, independent of what anybody can tell them what to do. Uh, But anyway, there are even more issues coming down the track if we hadn't enough with regards to doctors. Oh, incidentally, your thoughts on Ryanair are welcome. Text 0868104106. Perhaps it's... It's happened to you in the past. Text 086-8104-106. I was talking yesterday on the air about doctors and nurses and teachers and firefighters and Gardaí, um, all unhappy, and we're short of all of them. Um, others now who are going to be coming out striking soon will be social care workers. This will cause absolute chaos for people of all ages if they do, because these are dietitians, occupational therapists, Uh, podiatrists, physiotherapists, speech and language therapists and lots more besides. And they have now voted overwhelmingly for strike action next month what are you going to do? You talk about dietitians there's a fellow in the mirror this morning who was drinking um, upwards of six cans of coke a day that's not the only thing that he was doing damage to his body with but it was one of the reasons that he lost a lot of weight when he stopped drinking the six cans of coke every single day. His weight um, dropped dramatically. Now he did an awful lot of other things besides but his weight was just over 30 stone and, and weight like that can lead to very serious depression amongst other very serious medical conditions but psychiatrically it can really affect you he, he wouldn't go out he couldn't get up he couldn't he had no energy he was just fed up of life anyway he decided to change and among the other things that he did was give up Coca-Cola by all accounts and the huge amounts of sugar content in it but his diet anyway his weight dropped and it dropped dramatically, dramatically from 30 stone to 13 stone and he went from I didn't even know you could get into a size Uh, 9XL is that XL multiplied by 9 times bigger I guess it is and he's now getting into instead of the 9XL he's into just an XL but his breakfast this is every day a full English breakfast his lunch crisps and sandwiches his tea always a takeaway either a big pizza or an Indian takeaway and right across the day then snacks six cans of full fat coke chocolate bars numerous crisps numerous biscuits numerous All gone He now has A protein shake For breakfast A protein shake For lunch With some fruit He has a small bowl Of chicken and vegetables For his tea And for snacks None He doesn't snack And not a gastric Band in sight Not a bariatric Sleeve to be seen He's doing it all Be willpower Fair play to him now, other papers this morning are talking about changes in the workplace. I like this kind of a story. It's starting in Japan. I wonder what we'll catch on here where you can go for a kip at work, except that you sleep standing up. Apparently, sleeping standing up helps to improve performance, reduces stress, and helps to grow memory. Um, I guess it, the, you can't do any of that thing if you're lying flat. But anyway, they've come up with a new machine, apparently, or some kind of a contraption, where the whole body is supported by pads, um, at four points your feet your chins your bum uh, and your head and your arms uh, and you literally stand into it and it kind of wraps itself around you and you go for a 20 minute kip and you feel Midaza when you come out of it. A light doze in the workplace. There's another story making in the papers today about Google workers who are apparently apparently get free lunch in Google. Wouldn't you love at a place where you get free lunch every day? How many companies are doing that now? They say they're all the international companies, and the big tech ones, are they? But apparently some of the staff in Google are taking advantage of it and they're bringing their pals in for the free lunches. So Google now have, to come, have come out and they've said that you can only bring guests in for the canteen-free food twice a month because too many people are taking advantage of it does anybody know anything about the lady of the lock i would love to know her story her name is brenda king she passed away unexpectedly at cuh in december and they put up a lovely tribute to her at the lock uh, where apparently she for many many years would feed all the birds there and everybody loved seeing her the sheer joy that she found from the simplicity of feeding the birds of the lock was something that always struck me Um, As I grew up, said one person who left a tribute on RIP.ie, we are all missing her nowadays. Another person said that she would always point out the different birds and she knew them all. Uh, She all knew the ones that needed attention and she knew the ones that were sick. She was a true Cork legend, apparently, Brenda King, the lady of the lock. And there's a beautiful artistic tribute um, from the artist Sarah Murphy, uh, out of the lock to be seen there I'm not sure what it's on top of I don't know it's on the side of it's on the side of a, a big kind of box structure I wonder is that it may be a feeding platform but anyway anybody can tell us some more about Brenda King the lady of the lock I thought that John O'Donovan they might well know her because that's his parish. So if anybody knows, do get in touch. Pick up the phone on 818 or text 868 Back after the break. I want to go to Peter O'Reardon in Hawaii next. Talk to Neil
2: Prenderville now.
1: 0818-104-106. Cork's Red FM. 10 days now since the fires broke out on the island of Maui down in Hawaii and it just goes from bad to worse. The death toll from the disaster now at 110 uh, painstaking search operations still undergoing and much of the damaged sites down there have not even been searched, which means that there are probably many, many more people who have perished. Now, uh, amongst the people living on the island, although he wasn't there at the time, and got a very, very very hysterical call um, from I'm talking about Peter O'Ridden, who we would know originally in Ireland from uh, the tele television show expose uh, uh, he was in Chicago at the time um, and uh, back on uh, Maui uh, Stephanie rings him hysterically screaming it's gone it's all gone we're leaving we're out of here I have the kids so at least they're safe he joins me by phone and um, Peter good morning by WhatsApp I think Um, although I don't seem to have uh, WhatsApp at the moment I'll tell you what I'll do as soon as I can make that connection I will come back to it but I know that there has been quite an amount of uh, criticism and I'll talk about that in a second with regards to the uh, response and the emergency responses uh, to what happened after the Maori wildfires and the papers this morning and even online are talking about things that could have been done done better and done faster let me see if I can make that link by WhatsApp now uh, to Hawaii Peter good morning
3: Um, Good morning, Neil and Aloha. You know, before um, we go any further, I would just like to extend um, my deepest gratitude to the people of Cork and the people of Ireland for the love and support that they've shown to this island nation here. Um, And just bear with me. It is late in the evening. The days are very long. um, And at this point, I'm absolutely depleted mentally, physically and emotionally. Um, But I just want to thank you guys for for reaching out
1: okay, fair play to you it 's good to hear that thank God, however uh, it seems to have been t- it seems to have been handled appallingly badly
3: you know um the general consensus really on the ground here is that like we as a nation have been let down um, on a local level on a state level and on a national level. Um and albeit that happening and very frustrating, you know, it has led the community to step in and band together with Ohana and the Aloha spirit, which is to to a level which I I have never seen. And Neil, I'm not one to point fingers because when you're pointing fingers at people, you're immobilising the eight other f- fingers on your hand, which could be open up and which could be used to help.
1: Yeah, but you've been making emotional appeals online for help upwards of Elon Musk and uh, and the state and indeed, um, you know the, the the governor. I mean, how many people have I know that the figure at this stage is set at 110, but potentially that's that's low. Is it death toll?
3: Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, like the optics of this thing, you have to understand, there is a media ban of 15 miles um, around Lahaina, so there is absolutely no way to get out information. Um, Now, I absolutely understand, be it for a respect and a grieving period, that is normal, but, you know, the death troll you have to understand, like, this is essentially a fire and a blaze that is moving at six miles a minute. God almighty. Um, w- with the winds, you can't outrun that in a car w- with your legs on a dirt bike. It's just not feasible, you know, and, you know, I've posted pictures of my car which is metal, and that is absolutely disintegrated to ashes. So you can only imagine what that's doing to flesh and bone here in this town and the cars and the imagery that you're seeing in the houses. There were people in those that could not get out of Lahaina that perished, you know, and it's, it's absolutely devastating. You know, if you can imagine, it's essentially a, a flamethrower descending with... Tremendous velocity on an entire city. If you could imagine Kinsale or something of that nature being absolutely obliterated in in minutes. It's
1: moving so fast they had very little time to scramble and to evacuate. I also saw online that many were trapped in their vehicles on jammed roadways as the flames swept over them. It's awfully sad. It really awfully sad. There's also an aerial photograph of a, a particular area of the island that includes your house or what was your house, I know this is upsetting and distressing for you, but yeah. your, your property is totally in ashes.
3: Oh, it's... It, it's I, I don't have the words to describe it. You know, it's it's surreal being there, you know, and I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, me going in there, you know, and helping is one thing, but trying to find closure and looking at spots and things that we frequented and we love, its it's ashes. It's as if somebody literally dropped a bomb. It's like Chernobyl. There's nothing, like, there's absolutely nothing. It's devastating. Like, I just can't articulate in words like what we're all going through and what we've seen, you know. It's it's unimaginable. But are the fires still raging? So the fires are contained right now. And what people have to understand is like, albeit, yes, Lahaina was the most catastrophic um, site for the fire. There also was fires that were raging up country and in central Maui. So like the island itself has been attacked from all areas. It is contained right now, um, which we're very fortunate about. And, you know, that that's obviously vitally important but we're in the middle of the pacific ocean like we're under duress from tropical tropical climate and like we you know we don't know with the weather what's going to happen is there going to be another hurricane is there going to be wind is there going to be rain like we can't like predict the circumstances and there is centers and shelters and things like that that are definitely at risk like and can be jeopardized if bad weather does come in you know we are you know we're kind of at the mercy of of other forces and I elements know.
1: yeah I know if there's an estimate of about thirteen hundred residents who remained unaccounted for th- th- clearly the, the the you know these services are searching for them, but families must want to as well yeah.
3: Oh, absolutely. You know, you have to understand that Maui is a very, very special place, Neil. And Lahaina in particular used to be the centre of Hawaii before it moved to Oahu. There's a lot of regal and royalty and a lot of very spiritual things based out of this town. And like it's multi-generational, you know, and that's the acquiescence and that's the magic of Maui. And anyone that has been here has experienced it, you know, and... That's what the people here pride themselves on doing, is giving aloha to other people. Um, But now, you know, we're depleted and we're exhausted, like, and we, we need that in return and in spades. And the most important thing, Neil, for us is, like, we're not a news cycle. This is a marathon. It's not a sprint. Like, and we don't want to be forgotten. Yeah. You know, when next week, when something happens, like, this is a long and arduous journey for us, like, that we have to go through. And that's what and happens. And we don't yeah. know yeah. the future. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. and we don't know the future. Like, and we don't want to be forgotten. Like, we want a microscope on this to highlight what we're going through and, like, be proactive in what we need to do to rebuild the Lahaina back to what it was and keeping that historical. Um, preservation in the town and the magic that made it Lahaina
1: Actually there's an estimate just to put it in terms of the amount of damage they're estimating the damage in and around three and a half billion dollars worth to people's homes and businesses that would take an it awful long time
3: Yeah, it's actually up at about six and a half billion, sorry to, to, to oh my god! Um, yeah, it's yeah. about six and a half billion dollars Um, And, like, with respect to deaths, you know what I mean? The things we've seen, like, and the things everybody has seen. Like, I'm not going to talk about it, like, out of the respect for people because we're all going through it, you know? But if you have identified 100 bodies, okay, and I'm explaining to you the ferocity of the flame and what it moved with, okay, the reason that you can't identify any more bodies is sadly because they are ash. Everyone has been cremated, like, and that's the reality. And you have to understand, like, as a father of two, predominantly, and I can't verify this, but what I do know is the schools were off because of the hurricane and children were at home with their grandparents and with their parents and by themselves. And I have multiple stories of people that were in their house asleep with no warning and literally got out within minutes of the blaze, taking everything.
1: When you say no warning, there was criticism about the fact that sirens weren't used. Is that right?
3: Yes. So we do have um, allegedly the most sophisticated siren system when it comes to natural disasters. And it rings every month um, to test the actual siren. You know, I'm sure you're familiar. We had a kind of a missile crisis not too long ago. It sounded when that went off and we usually get notifications if there's flood warnings and what through the radio, through the television and through um, or phones, you know, and like the siren did not go off, you know, and I'm not pointing fingers because the fire department were ill-equipped for something of this magnitude, and they absolutely did everything they possibly could. But, like, we we have a system for emergencies which didn't go off, so there are definitely questions like that, that need to be answered, and I don't know if that's the time right now for anger. What we need is compassion, you know, and we need to move forward because this could spiral into something terrible like and like that is not what people oh, I want understand, to hear, I understand you
1: know? I I know but if if I could just dwell on it for another couple of seconds because um it was the middle of the night people are asleep they wouldn't hear a text alert that they might get they said they didn't put off the sirens because they were afraid if they did people would run to the mountains and run into the fire i believe any thoughts on that
3: i mean you know Warning is warning, Neil. And if you're creating awareness, at least there's something going out and there's awareness going to people. Like, But to not give them any warning like, and to think of the, the catastrophe of people being absolutely cremated, like children and old people. Like, you know, send out the alarm, like regardless. Like, what are we doing it for? Why do we have this if we're not going to utilise it?
1: I know, I know. But when you look at what was your your beautiful home, you must constantly be dwelling on the thought that your children could have been in that.
3: I do, you know, and, you know, their mother, Stephanie, my ex-wife, I I have to commend her and her mother because she acted extremely quickly. Um, she didn't grab anything. She grabbed the children. They grabbed a bag. And that's the most important thing to me, Neil, yeah, is life. I know. And I that's know. one thing that can't be replaced. Okay. okay. And I'm, I'm one of the lucky people that can say that. Yeah. But I can tell you now there's hundreds of other people here that don't have the same story that I have. Okay.
1: You spoke about the kindness of Cork people. What do you need? Um, because I know that many people are setting up various GoFundMe's and trying to get uh, shipping containers over there. What do you actually need there on the island?
3: So right now, this is just a case by case. You know, we're taking it one day at a time um, and that's all we can kind of do. As far as what we need, obviously love and support and we need awareness and people thinking about our plight and our cause. But more importantly, we need things such as P100 masks. We need tents, military grade. We need housing for people temporarily. We need cots to get people off the ground. We need things for children that can keep them normalised and keep them in some sense. Sense of happiness in this absolute tragedy, you know, like that's what we need right now. I know, that and it- we need celebrities that have platforms to really help us, like, and shine a light on this when there's just such an embargo on media here.
1: And are they doing that? I mean, I, I do know in the early days that Oprah Winfrey, who lives, I think, on the island, got very heavily yeah. involved in search and rescue and help, didn't she?
3: I mean, I don't I, I define heavily. You know what I mean? Showing up to a to a centre propping people up in a couple of pillows, you know what I mean? And promising a donation, you know, um, we'll see. Um, But, you know, there's a lot of people, like, that's what people don't understand. You know, there's a lot of billionaires that live here. Mark Zuckerberg is a Hawaii resident, you know, Lady Gaga, Oprah Winfrey, um, Larry Ellison, Bill Gates. We have a lot of people here. And, you know, you'd wonder, like, if... They're so wealthy, Neil, that if you even gave up five hundred million a piece, right, for four ye, you're at two billion dollars. We're a tax write off, like for people like that. You know what I mean? It wouldn't even take a dent out of their fortune. That makes so much sense so when you say that. It really does. I do you say, know?
1: Yeah, I heard you appealing to Elon Musk as well. Did you want his the satellite system? What What's the idea of that? What did you need?
3: Well, absolutely. You know, the biggest problem with us, obviously, with communications down is the link between what's going on in Lahaina and the people outside, the community activists and the community leaders. We had no way of communicating, so we're literally like ramping up and buying things, like... And, you know, that... not And it might necessarily be the right things that people are looking for. So we needed communication and internet access over there and access to the satellites or even mobile Starlink. Um, but, you know, I, I'm not a celebrity, Neil. You know what I mean? I worked in entertainment, like... And I'm nothing to these people. I'm the same as anybody else throwing out a tweet to them, you know? Um, like, I didn't get any response. Like, and it's just... You know, it's frustrating, like, you're looking at people like this who have influence, like, and they're talking about these super fights with these, like, in the Coliseum and stuff, and there's people suffering. I know. And it's just baffling to me, like. I know. Have they,
1: just one or two more questions, I won't keep you much longer, but have they worked out the official cause of the fires?
3: they haven't you know and there's so much ambiguity around it you know what i mean but what i can tell you is like we are a dry arid place you know and power lines did go down electricity was off but the electricity was still connected to the power lines and because the power lines were off there was no water in the hydrants either so it's just like cataclysmic like it's you you couldn't like, you couldn't script it as far as disasters with respect to each facet contributing to the other one. I
1: know, I know, I know. And tell me, is there much of an Irish community there?
3: Do you know what? There's not. And I'll tell you now, I, I have a friend of mine. His name is Michael Dwyer. He's a great man. He owns a pub over in, in um, Kihei, uh, which is called Mulligan's, you know, and he's been colossal. And he's, like myself, like being absolutely selfish and selfless and just doing what we feel like any good decent person would do you know i'm from an island nation and i'm on an island nation so there is an understanding i feel like between between us and the hawaiian people like and where we're based so we've just been doing everything humanly possible neil mm-hmm. to be outwardly focused and lead and at the same time like parking our own guilt like and our own misfortune and just not digesting it like because I know for a fact like that I'm I'm not ready to process and digest, but I have a juror and I have to lead here because I have people looking up to me. Yeah. And I I have to stay strong and that's it. Like I don't have a choice. This is what I've been dealt and I will keep on fighting for Lahaina Town and for the people of Maui.
1: Okay, I hear what you're saying. It's even too early to be talking about rebuilding costs or who would pay it or whether insurance would be involved exactly, in Exactly, you know, like and
3: all, all the people of Lahaina want, Neil, is for big contractors and developers to know that we are not for sale and it's a very historical, spiritual place and it needs to be respected and rebuilt in the same manner that what it was remembered for. Okay. We don't want a metropolis coming in. We don't want a California. We don't want a smart city. You know, that's not why we're here.
1: I know, I know. Where are all of the people who lost their homes living in temporarily?
3: So um, there's various different, obviously, support sites that are housing people. There's the War Memorial in Wailuku. There's a lot of centres that have been set up on the north side, or excuse me, on the the west side north. Um, And just friends and family and community outreach. That's been it, you know. And everybody has been suffering in unison and it's been so refreshing to have such a support structure, you know, with everybody. You just give a look and you don't have to say anything, you know. People know. I
1: know, I know. In the eyes of tragedy, people give of their best. There is a GoFundMe set up, isn't there? Um, uh, It's called Father and Two Sons Who Lost Everything in Maui Fires. Is that connected to your good self?
3: It is indeed, yeah, I know. But I would obviously like to go out there and, 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 you know... I do have a GoFundMe, which was set up by my aunt, and I really appreciate it. But again, I have a company and I have a, a jurist to people here, over 40 people. I also have a GoFundMe set up for my employees like that were displaced from this, which I would put above my own. It's, it's C-Maui, Catamaran, Fire Recovery. If you can donate to either of them, every little helps. I have nothing and I need to rebuild, but I also have to make sure that the people I'm responsible for are taken care of.
1: Okay, let me remind people of that father and two sons who lost everything in Maui fires. Listen, stay safe and and do stay in touch. And if there's anything you need, do get back to me, will you?
3: Neil, I really appreciate you and thank you for taking not the time Not at
1: all, pal, not at all Talk soon, Peter O'Riordan from Hawaii uh, Terribly, terribly sad and far from over just yet uh, Text 0868 104 106 Get in touch by phone 1-850-104-106 Remember that GoFundMe should you wish to help father and two sons who lost everything in Maui fires back after the break
2: Get it off your chest
1: Call Neil Brenderville now on
2: 0818-104-106 Red FM.
1: A lovely day yesterday led to a bit of chaos down in Rocky Bay. Apparently, I see a text saying that it was an absolute disgrace. The parking down there it should be at least one way. People parked their cars and expected every car that passed to drive into uh, the Briars, hence scratching their own cars. Definitely, the emergency vehicles would never ever get through. It was sad, really, with regards to parking, but lovely with regards to the weather. And everybody flocks to the beach, and it causes traffic chaos. Meanwhile, I was sent some video from the beaches of Yall last night, around about six, half past six, and there were still. J- and there were hundreds and hundreds of cars all packed up and people enjoying the sunshine. From yesterday's programme with regards to the so-called free money from Bank of Ireland ATM machines, one of the things that some of those that took the money are now saying uh, will be using as an excuse is that their debit card was stolen and somebody did it and it wasn't them. Bank of Ireland have now said, well, there's lots of um, CCTV at the ATMs, so that would be hard to prove that your card was stolen. But Paddy says if someone took out the cash a Bank of Ireland ATM and is now claiming that it was stolen the card was stolen remember there are cameras of the ATMs recording uh, the use of the card and the machines says Paddy uh, Bank of Ireland have come out and said that no customer would be out of pocket uh, whether it were any direct debits interest or other related fees Uh, will not be charged. So you won't be charged for the money. They just want you to give it back. They say these transfers and withdrawals will be applied to customers' accounts today. And that would have been yesterday. If you took the money, it'll show up in your account. And they urge any customer who may find themselves in financial difficulty now because of it, to contact the bank. A lot of texts on this yesterday and again today. Regarding the whole Bank of Ireland debacle, I'm with Neil on this. What, in the name of God, did people think would happen? Everything that goes into their accounts from today will go towards paying off, they're unauthorised EGITs they're unauthorised overdrafts they are Egypts, the whole lot of them one or two more Pat says if any of the people who took money out of the Bank of Ireland ATM didn't think they'd have to pay it back then they really shouldn't have an ATM card in the first place um, I would just like to say this to people who want the world to go cashless how many hacks and glitches or mistakes have to happen before people realise that a cashless society will be so bad Bank of Ireland is an example of this anything can happen One glitch and people's money is gone or even the government can block your account like they did to account holders in Canada. And yes, they did. Actually, they blocked the accounts in Canada of over 200 people um, because there was all sorts of issues going on there with regards to protesters uh, during COVID. But anyway, I did read out yesterday, Mick Barry, People Before Profit, Cork TD, um, asking questions about why the Gardaí were mobilized. He joins me by phone. Mick, good morning. Good morning, to you Neil. And many of the papers, particularly the Red Tops, continue to ask that question: uh, Why does it? Um, why does it uh, concern you or disturb you?
4: Well, in an ordinary working week, um, I would get at least one phone call, sometimes two, three, four phone calls from uh, people living in communities, um, oftentimes working class communities, not always by any means. Um, talking about. Uh, how they've rung up the guards and they need help and assistance in their community from the guards. Oftentimes the issue would be anti-social behaviour. And it just struck me as a real contrast uh, the frustration of people in that situation um, with the turnout and the response of the guards at the ATMs across the country the other evening. Um, I mean, the stories have been going up on social media. You've seen the pictures. Yeah. I think we're being told now that in more than 40 locations, uh, guards arrived on the scene. Uh, I think that one of the things that's being said is the guards were monitoring the situation in case it got out of hand,
1: which. Um, it you know, it you could, could potentially, anomic it could potentially have got, got out of hand. It could have led to fights in the queue.
4: Um, Well, I'm not sure if it led to to too many fights in the queue around the country, but I did see pictures as well uh, of uh, Garda standing in front of the ATMs and stopping people from um, withdrawing cash from the ATMs. And I believe there are some reports of of Garda cars being used to that effect. I haven't seen that myself, but certainly Garda did that. And I think that there is a sharp contrast. This is one of the two key points I'm making here, between... The response of the guards when uh, the banks had a difficulty on the one hand, and the response of the guards when communities have a difficulty on the other. I think there's a sharp contrast there. And I think, in large measure, the guards acted as private security for the banks the other night when they had a problem. I also think that there isn't a question to be asked about who's going to pay for this. Uh, Bank of Ireland is, is a privately owned company. It's an extremely profitable company. It made more than €1 billion Euro clear profit in the first Six months of this year alone. Mm. And, you know, uh, the guards who arrived up on the scene in the 40 locations, uh, how much of that uh, was overtime? How much of that is on the overtime bill? And who's going to pay that overtime bill? Is it going to be the poor bloody taxpayer once again? Or are Bank of Ireland going to pay for the assistance that
1: they got okay. when their problem
4: was causing them uh, a real issue. Well,
1: let's have a look at that aspect of the questions that you ask. I imagine the Bank of Ireland would say as a response, we didn't call the guards. The Gardaí are saying this morning that they received over 40 calls from members of the public and they responded to those. So these were incidents that were reported to the Gardaí by the public. They attended then um, and that would kind of get Bank of Ireland off the hook for the bill, wouldn't it?
4: Well, I, I hear that the the bank is saying that they did not call the guards, and I, I hear the government saying that the minister uh, didn't intervene. I'll be keeping a close eye on that one over the next weeks and months to see if any more information okay, comes out do on you, that. Do you
1: think that maybe that the guardie did it for people's own goods? Because, good, because they want to be fairly stupid to think that they could keep the money.
4: Um, no, I, I, I don't think they did it for people's own good. Um, you've asked me a straight question. And I'm giving you a straight answer. Uh, I think that there may have been concerns about uh, whether things would get out of hand. But first and foremost, I think what was going on here was that there was a, a, a big business. Uh, they They had a problem here with the glitch in their computer. And the guards acted as private security for that big business in this case. Uh, the banks. Uh, if that wasn't the case, uh, why, w- why would you go from maybe sitting in a car and keeping an eye on a situation that it doesn't keep a, a get out of hand to actually standing in front of and blocking the ATMs? And whatever you think about that, it's undeniable but it's a very sharp contrast with the situation that we have. With True, and I
1: accept that with regards Here to other talking calls. talking across the country when pe- people are in need. Okay, so what, what bothers you really is the speed and efficiency to which the Guardi responded to private banking, but the lack of speed and efficiency that they can muster when it comes to calls from the public. Yeah, I think that's a big part of the conversation, Neil, yeah. Okay, appreciate it. What's going to happen next then?
4: I, th- <laughs> I, I, I think that... Um, um, this one is going to run a little bit. Uh, unfortunately, uh, we, we the, the, the doll is shut. The doll is still on its long summer holidays. Uh, and there isn't the opportunity uh, to go in and to question the minister uh, about this. But I think this is through shows like yourself and the media, this one is. Is going to play out for a few days yet. There's a lot of questions being asked and a lot of questions.
1: And if the doll was to sitting answered. today, would you be asking the question where did this, uh, where did all of these uh, Guardi come from, and how come they actually responded with regards to looking after a bank's money when they can't make responses like that to the public in need? Is it? That's precisely it, Neil, yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Thanks, Mick. As always, Mick, Barry, people before profit. There was a big response to this. I really mean it. Lots and lots of different texts. Let me give you another couple of them, if you don't mind. And people are also um, talking about other topics that we've been dealing with yesterday, and I will come back to them. Um, the recent Bank of Ireland glitch has made some people think twice about their money's safety, with many expressing their fears of a cashless society. We were asking the question uh, as to whether or not Uh, And one person texted, how many hacks or glitches will it take before people realise that a cashless society would be a bad idea? The responses to those included, physical cash in hand will always be king. Absolutely agree. Cash equals freedom and and choice. And we need to keep hold of cash. Uh, Another person says cash is king. Imagine how they can just switch off the buttons when the next pandemic might hit. Um, The ploughing championships are the latest, Neil, to announce that they're going cashless. But they now relented and said that one gate will be cash if available. Um, a priest from Letterkenny said mass on uh, radio on Sunday morning. He had a strong sermon a sermon about the ploughing championships and the way people's freedoms were eroded bit by bit. He was a brave man. Uh, thank you for that one. Everyone should use cash. Stop using their cards. The charges you are paying only makes the rich richer. Um, months ago, you would have been calling a conspiracy theorist for suggesting something like this. But then again, it has just happened a glitch that throws out free money. Uh, many texts then talking about cash is king and cash keeping cash in your wallet. So keep them coming. Text 0868 104 106.
2: Talk to Neil Prenderville
1: now. 0818 Cork's Red FM. You remember that no individual guard or two uh, guardee in a squad car, they can't refuse to go to a call out if they're instructed by their superiors to do so. really shows, though, to somebody that the guardee are only there to protect the money and the apparatus of the state and not the citizens when they need their help. I wouldn't be stupid enough to believe that the money would be mine, but if withdrawing money that you don't have is fraud, then surely lending money you don't have, leading to a global financial crash, is also fraud. Let the government bail out these people when the Bank of Ireland comes knocking. Yeah, that would be an interesting one. Would the state bail out those who took advantage of the free money? One petrol station I was working in had very poor internet connection. Sometimes the internet would be gone for an hour. Customers couldn't pay by cards. There were leaving and not paying for petrol and would promise to come back. Do you really think that we were able to control people to give the money back afterwards? No. You can't imagine the drama that was involved there. Now, try to imagine what would happen if all the world was like that and people couldn't for whatever IT glitch use their cards. People who have that have people who think that going cashless is good have not used their imagination and haven't thought about the trouble it would cause down the track. Excellent text. Thank you for that. You're relying on people's goodwill to come back and pay for the petrol and unfortunately as you say in your text, they don't always oblige. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818 104 106
5: Cork's Red FM.
6: Finally, it's the first day of Christmas. Not that it looks like it, but Brown Thomas on Patrick Street definitely looks quite Christmassy today. The high-end retailer is opening its annual Christmas shops in Cork, Dublin, Limerick and online. They'll feature a host of festive delights like trees, baubles and gifts. Brown Thomas living buyer, Evie Cleary, says Christmas 2023 has an number of themes
7: customers can expect to experience a little christmas magic we have a variety of themes this year the first being timeless treasures which is a traditional palette of reds greens and golds we have a midnight magic theme and then we have vintage noel which is a retro inspired theme with throwbacks to the 80s
6: so what do you think of Christmas in August, Neil? I think
1: it's a damn bad idea.
6: <laughs> do you know what? I love Christmas. I really do. No, you're but not I don't just like it that. in the summer.
1: It's the seventeenth of August.
6: Yeah, I don't like it in the summer. I don't it's just not right for me. Do you what? remember Michael Gynes oh. did a Christmas window last year?
1: What what time of the year though?
6: Well, like we have to have Halloween yet.
1: We have to have the jazz weekend. And we have a few long weekends. And ahead. Yeah, it? we're still in summer holidays. Yeah, for think me, this.
6: end of November, start of December is, is Christmas time. So, there's
1: something distasteful about it.
6: It just doesn't feel right. Maybe it's not distasteful, but it doesn't feel right. It's no. Certainly for me. I know. Oh. I did, I remember taking the kids into it a few years ago, and I remember my eldest son going like, "Why? He just couldn't get his head on. He's only about eleven or twelve at the time." Will people go? I think they will. I think people will go in and have a browse because it's a little bit different and. It's something to look uh, at they not have
1: enough pressure already in their lives without bringing children in or people passing by saying oh my god Christmas already but it's Christmas decorations I suppose yeah, but well, well, well. Should I start playing Christmas music now? Will I, will oh no, play? no, no! no don't don't you there. <laughs> no. Slade. We should be Christmas every day. So what,
6: what? Like what's no, going? No, no. For me, no. It's too early. Um, like I love all the baubles and all that kind of stuff, and I am ridiculous. Like I buy Christmas decorations. You know, I've asked you to bring stuff back from, from New York. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but I, and I love it. I love having all of that. But I just and I buy them every year, and it's ridiculous because, honest to God, half the stuff doesn't fit on the tree anymore. But you like, just
1: love Christmas. Yeah, you see, I do, and and it's a wonderful thing to be able to do to enjoy it but I mean for me I think it's just gone crazy it's just too commercial people get so anxious and worked up about it and they get worried about it they get stressed about it um,
6: I know it does come with it, with pressures it definitely does
1: And I, I think people have enough to deal with you know at this time of their lives or in the problems that we're going through at the moment and putting pressure on people with. well Christmas now windows. I think
6: there's, there's back to school surely is the priority at the moment and back to college for, for others as well and then I think Halloween like I, I, my eldest son absolutely adores Halloween I wouldn't be as mad into it as he is but he loves loves the whole house decorator the orange lights and the whole lot so we've all that to come yet and as you say the jazz all around the same time and then I'd be looking November is a dull all month you know end of November Maybe I wouldn't c- mind c- the except
1: the first of November yeah. Lana but yeah. not the 17th of August no
6: I agree I agree I think it's a bit too early
1: oh let's see what people think text 0868104106 thanks for that now Prenderville Show, Red FM. I received an update from Garda Press this morning, and it's sad news. You're aware of the Garda investigating a serious road traffic in collision involving a car and a bicycle. Now, it occurred on the Cork Road into Carrigaline at the Ballon Ray roundabout. Twenty past nine on, on Saturday morning, and there was a, a male child cyclist was seriously injured during the course of the during the course of that collision, and, and sadly, uh, I have to report to you this morning that uh, that uh, child cyclist passed away in hospital last evening. It's awfully, awfully sad, and it's tragic. And our thoughts so are with uh, the family of that young lad passed away last night uh, at Cuh. Now, Gardi are continuing to appeal. For, oh, my apologies, I'm not even hundred percent sure if it was Cuh. I believe that the. Little lad may have been moved to Dublin, but it's sad news. Guardia continued to appeal for witnesses to the collision to please come forward. Anybody that might have witnessed it, anybody might have seen the uh, actual accident happen, uh, dashcam footage would be very handy. Anybody travelling on the Cork Road near Kargaline at around that time, say between nine and half past nine on Saturday morning, think about it. You may have been there. Uh, you may have seen something. Um, Guardia are asking people to get in touch with Toker Garda Station. Um, on four nine four seven one two zero, or the Garda Confidential line on one 800 666 one. sadly that young child cyclist passed away last evening and our thoughts are with the family. Um, yes he, he had been transferred sadly to a Crumlin Children's Hospital and that's where he was transferred to and sadly Passed away. Text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six on the on the bank issue. Can you please warn, in particular, elderly people? The mobile numbers below have been texting me in the first text that they will text shortly um, regarding my own Bank of Ireland debit card. I hope that makes sense. I'm going to give you some numbers. Actually, apparently this is um, this is fraud, or at least it's uh, it's scam texting. In the second text, they came. Uh, and said that uh, that my bank card had been used. Uh, I didn't open the text, but I could read the phone part of it. Then, after getting these texts, allegedly coming from Bank of Ireland, I started getting calls from a Dublin number, an automated recording saying it was Bank of Ireland. As soon as I got the call, I hung up. It rang five more times. I then blocked the number. It's only a matter of time before someone elderly or somebody else gets caught and believes it to be true. I don't even bank with Bank of Ireland, but an 01483 number kept ringing me and an 086800 number kept ringing me. And then I started getting the texts. Um, Be very careful about those um, because you might be caught on the hop and you might react and you might panic and you might respond to them. Um, You'll also find that you probably are also getting automated calls from other companies. I know Amazon are people purported to be calling from Amazon, others from Google, others from courier companies. And things like that. So, um, Bank of Ireland debit card is the latest one. Why is it the latest one that's been ratcheted up in the last couple of days? Uh, because of, I'd imagine, the ATM glitch. Um, are you joking, Neil? The Guardi were sent to protect the banks as usual. And if you believe anything else, you're a bigger fool than I thought you were. Now, I, I'm not a fool in this regard. I mean, you gotta know how that works. Like, if there are Guardi at a guard division, or a Garda station, um, and they are told, and they are told to report to a particular location or to an incident, they go. The Garda can't pick and choose um, or use their own moral judgment in calls like this and say, no, actually, you know something, I'm not going to go there, that's the bank's problem, Uh, we're not going to respond to it. They are instructed to follow the orders that they get. There's nothing stupid about feeling like that way. And that's the way I do feel. So I don't regard myself as a fool in that regard. Uh, You just asked why people took the free money. And you followed that with a moment of madness. I'd be more inclined to say that for the majority of people, it was like a moment of desperation. Some would have seen it as a chance to feed their kids, heat the house, pay the rent. Let's not forget that these people are the same people that bailed out the banks or more on one occasion. So I get that. Take the money now. Deal with the paying it back down the road. Fair point. Fair point. I take that on board. I suppose I was making the point really more of, you know, why did they think that they could keep it? I mean, did people actually take the money thinking that it was free? Do you know what I mean? The guards were at the ATMs because of the clowns thinking they could get free money out of it. If there was a fight or a rush to get to the top of the queue... But people would be asking then, where were the guards? Guards being like private security doesn't make sense as Bank of Ireland would have records of all the withdrawals so they could just trace the withdrawals. Over 40 calls were logged to guards about the issue. If people didn't act like clowns in the first place trying to get so-called free money guards would not have been called out. And two more. If a fight had broken out at the ATMs, instead of people trying to retrieve money from the bank, I bet you you wouldn't have seen any guards, says Mike and Mallow. And one final one. Why couldn't the bank turn off the ATMs? The reason, Neil, is because they were hacked. Last week, the guardy arrested a number of people here as part of a West African gang you are suggesting that it wasn't a glitch then is it? That it was a hacking Fair enough, text 0868 pick up the phone on 0818 104106 After the break, uh, more calls, texts and comments.
2: Call the Neil Prenderville show now, 0818 104106
1: Red FM. Michael Parkinson has passed away lads, Michael Parkinson the television and radio broadcaster, lovely guy has uh, died, It's just been announced this morning, more on that in a few minutes time but back to the phone lines we go and good morning Hi Neil, how are you? I'm good. Now, are you one of the members of the public who did take money from the ATM?
8: I did. Okay. And um, I just, um, when I heard this morning that Bank of Ireland were doing a, a payment plan, um, I rang and uh, just to see could I set up a payment plan with them. Yeah. And they said there is no payment plan in this, in. in there the, are the, not the payment plans for anyone that, that took money out of the Bank of Ireland? But hold on a so second. Said, they they
1: they have sent me a statement saying that if anybody has any difficulty repaying it, to contact them. So you did that.
8: I did, and I said to the girl, I said, so if it, it's an ordinary working person that uh, took money out, I said that the wages are going to go back into the bank. I said you're taking the whole app back, and she said yes.
1: Oh, so really? Said, well, so if you put anything in. Now your wages hit it, it'll automatically be hoovered up to pay out the ATM withdrawal.
8: Yeah, the whole lot whatever you took out, you, it'll all automatically come out. So I said, what about the person that took money out of the bank account that wasn't working and that they they used the bank account? I said, how do you go or those, those people? And she couldn't
1: answer me? No, she can't, because they won't have money to put into the account. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. But, like, if so somebody if somebody's social welfare is lodged to their bank account, they'll take that.
8: They'll take it every time until the, the, the bill
1: is paid. Or for somebody who's of pension age or whatever, they'll take their pension. Yeah,
8: and, and they'll be taking it up till they become the zero again.
1: Tell me, can I just ask you before you, you head off? Um, why did you take? Why did you go to the ATM? What what was your understanding about what was going on?
8: No, I didn't go to the ATM personally. I I did an order online.
1: Right. Why did you think it was free?
8: I, no. I just um. I just I thought that it was just a contingency, you know, when you order online. No, I wasn't. Um, it was like like one hundred and fifty that I used. You know what I mean? I didn't go above and beyond because I knew my own wages were going in there.
1: So you could have taken five hundred. I
8: could have gone. I could have gone more. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, but di- but did you think that you'd ever have to pay it back, or what was you thinking?
8: No, I I I mean, it's like it's technology. You're, you know, you're going to get cash, but to pay it back. Mm. But like that, I thought that way the, this morning on your radio station, you said that. There was a payment plan in you know, enforced. But the the bank said no, they're not.
1: So what's the point in people contact? They're asking con- people to contact them. So what's the point in contacting them if they won't help? I don't
8: know. I don't know. That's why I said I'd give you a ring to let you know.
1: So what will happen with you now? Um, at least it's hundred and fifty. It could have been a thousand.
8: It could have been yeah. And uh, unless until your wages are anything, any money that goes through your bank account a few direct debits or anything, they're all on hold until that money is paid. I place.
1: suppose technically people could cancel their direct debits and close their bank account and never ever have to pay back the 500 or the 1,000, if they choose, you know?
8: Maybe, maybe that's it as well. They could start transferring to revolution.
1: Did you need that extra few, bob No,
8: no, not particularly, no. But I just... Um I just rang, needed to see. Okay, all right, no, I,
1: won't pu- I won't push on. I won't fairness to you. Thank you for coming on. So let people be aware that if they did withdraw 500 or 1,000 and they're looking for a payment plan from the bank at maybe a 10 or a week or something, they can forget about it, right?
8: Yeah.
1: Okay, yeah. I'll get, I'll get, we'll get back on to them and see if we can get more information from them, all right?
8: Okay, thanks a million, Neil.
1: All right, and thank you for coming on air. Appreciated, appreciate it. Paul, good morning. Hang on, let me get my phone lines where I think he's on To There you are, Paul, can you hear me now? Yes. What, what do you make of that update, incidentally, that the bank won't give a payment plan now?
9: Well, they should really, Neil, because, like, to be fair, most of what I was going to say was covered already. But no, no
1: it, yeah, no, it wasn't necessarily. I mean, you, you are picking up on the fact that the guards were involved, but maybe the bank shouldn't put together a payment plan because people knew what they were doing.
9: Well, some did. Some did because apparently you weren't able to access your, uh, your app on your phone. You couldn't actually check what balance you had.
0: So
1: ah, come that, on. A big queue at a particular time for hours and hours and hours. Oh, people knew. Oh, I, know,
9: I know that. I accept that. Uh, people look, that's, that's human frailty. People will try to do these things. But I mean, there's no such thing as a free lunch as you know, Neil. My, my point was that since the foundation of the state, property and money is king in this country of ours. Now, what were the police? The police are charged with enforcing criminal law. As far as I'm aware, what was going on the other night? There's only so much an ATM can hold. Would we'll run out of cash anyway, eventually. I didn't see any rising I didn't see any public order issues. There could have been.
1: There could have been.
9: Well, there could have been. But I, for what Nick Barry said there was that they had kind of stood in the way of people using the ATM. Well, I'm sorry, people waiting using ATM are not committing a criminal offence. I so mean, if they, if they wanted to turn up there, and I just wonder, would they turn up so quickly if people were getting the daylights hammered out of them in Temple Bar and other places in Dublin.
1: That's very interesting now. Let's leave the Temple Bar aspect of it alone for a second. But if people were queuing orderly at an ATM, whether there was a glitch yeah. or not, no law okay. was being broken. So the no so you so were technically protecting the money were, of the banks. Exactly, what they were doing. That's exactly what they were doing. They overstepped
9: the mark, as far as I'm concerned. If they wanted to sit in the squad car across the road and observe what was going on, fair enough. Yeah. But if they intervened, that's a civil liberties
1: matter. You actually couldn't have... You you couldn't legally have prevented them, you're saying. Very interesting point. Well,
9: if you were out the other night and you wanted to go for a few drinks or a meal out or something and you were short of cash, you didn't want to use your card and you wanted to get a few bob out of an ATM... How were they going to distinguish who was trying to run money out of the banks and who you did nobody there tried to jemmy an ATM out of the wall. Nobody went into a bank with a gun and demanded cash, which was a criminal offence. That was a civil matter what was going on. That was a matter between the bank and its customers. And it's up to the bank to pursue it through the civil courts if they wish to to get money back from people. I like what you're it. saying.
1: So it, it does back up the claims from people that the Guardi were being used as private security from the bank for exactly. the banks. Exactly. They, yeah. they, the guards are there
9: supposedly for the protection of the civilians and the enforcement of criminal law. There was nothing criminal going on the other night. Nothing.
1: If the banks knew that there was this run on it, why couldn't they just... Why they,
9: uh, yeah, go on. Why, why didn't they shut their system down? You mean to tell me that the bank's headquarters, I know where it is, it's down off the N11 in... Uh, Cabin Healy, they have a big centre down there which sends out all their stuff, um, their, their paperwork and things like that at night. Nice. Let's be honest about it. Bank of Ireland has not got a good track record in the last number of years. They've been fined heavily by the central bank for having all these glitches and people not able to get access to their cash and their wages not being able to be put in. It's, they're making obscene profits. And if the bank can't sort out their house and put it in order, that is not a matter for the the police service of this country. That's not what the police service is for.
1: Yes, um, hard for me to push back against what you're saying because it makes so much sense. However, apparently a lot of the well, apparently they claim that over 40 different calls were made to different Garda barracks around the country, and it was on yeah, that. So why,
9: why were these busybodies phoning the police for what? Was were the people rising on the on streets outside the no, ATM, or no, people tearing the heads off each other? No, they weren't.
1: No, no, very good. Very So, good. what are
9: you calling the cops for?
1: Very good. <laughs> Cheers, Paul. Appreciate it. Thank All you. Have Pick a good up day. on that, lads. Text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Incidentally. I also would love to know whether you think that the 17th of August is a good time of the year for Brown Thomas to put up uh, Christmas um, signage and Christmas decorations, and start selling Christmas products. Seventeenth uh, of August, lads. Um, you know we're still on, on holidays, and it's the builders' fortnight. Mother of God Almighty, is it still? Maybe, maybe that's just gone. Um, are you trying to give me blood pressure or what? The guards were responding to calls from members of the public the other night. McBarry is just acting the clown, always looking for the next bandwagon to jump aboard. Why don't you ask McBarry why he doesn't complain about all the guard of protection for the undocumented? He's only looking for brownie points. Also. So ask McBarry who paid for the guardie to protect him in town at the last protest. He can't take the high moral ground when he had use of the force in the same regard on the grand parade. Uh, Mick is behaving like a hypocrite. He loves the guards when they're hassling peaceful protesters. Uh, but you're there the far right. So that's fine by Mick, says Matt in Mallow. Uh, this is Bull from McBarry. The poor old taxpayer last year took his taxi from Houston. The doll, his coffees, scones were all paid by the taxpayer for McBarry. Uh, we uh, are uh, we're in an area, contacted his office ten times about our area, but I would say uh, well done to Colin Burke. Are you saying, Pat, that the ten times you contacted McBarry's constituency office, they never helped or got back to you? Is that what you're saying? McBarry, the people's champion, is worried about the cost for the taxpayer, but he has no concern for taxpayers' money when it comes to illegal economic migrants invading our country. And one more uh, on cash. Just want to share something nice. I was in Lidl, Ballyvalan last night. and When I got to the till to pay by Revolut, my phone froze. And then it died before I could pay. I had no cash. A lovely lady in the queue paid for my things. I was mortified but so thankful. It restored my faith in humanity. Also, I've learned cash is king. It's a beautiful thing that that fellow customer did for you. A beautiful, beautiful thing. But it's another example. You're, uh, like for instance, uh, you wanted to pay by Revolut. You probably didn't have a Revolut card. You probably used the Revolut app to tap. Phone freezes and then dies. Um, Standing at the till... With a bill, and because it's not cash in your pocket, you can't pay. Oh my god, cash is so so king. Uh, Let's just stay on that topic. Jean, good morning.
10: Uh, Hey, good morning, Neil. How are you? Good, I
1: am on a cashless society. There's another example of it for you. Well,
11: but but that's just and it's just all so connected everything your phones, the banking system, retail. Um, There was an elderly couple uh, were coming, were uh, flying out they printed off the wrong documentation. they printed out their coming back documentation so they're going forward documentation and they had to buy more tickets I'm
1: so angry about that are you angry about that?
11: yeah but I think I mean they're not considering I mean I'm, and I don't I, you know people that are not computer literate no matter even the state you get try to get onto revenue press this press that press the other thing and then when you do eventually get through to someone oh we don't do that anymore you have to go online Many people don't have computers. They're not computer literate. They don't have printers. You know, I mean, it's all about getting, pushing out the clients, the customers, everybody to this, you know, cloud nearly. I think um, customer um,
1: service is atrociously bad now. It's just gone uh, from bad itch. to worse.
11: But but uh, and as I say, it's because, who's gaining by this? It's it's the corporate at the end, it, between the banks. The banks insisted, okay, they brought in, I remember when the ATMs were brought in, used to be called drink link
2: machines.
1: That's right, I forgot to say <laughs> yeah. that yesterday. The drink link, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
11: So I mean people instead of having because the banks I don't know if you remember, they used to close at three o'clock. So I mentioned I you didn't have to go you don't have to go didn't go have to go on your lunch hour to the bank to take money in or deposit it or whatever you had to do. That was grand. But it was pushed further and further and further. Then it was uh, people that had smallish you know, students or ordinary people in ordinary jobs couldn't couldn't get paid in cash. Then it was check. And then then they had to open a bank account. Like, somebody doing a couple of hours in a supermarket or someone having to open a bank account, they never actually got to see physical money, which is very difficult for people who are on small money trying to budget. Like, it's all right for people in very highly paid jobs. They probably don't don't know half the time what they have in any other account. But, I mean, ordinary people need to be able to have their cash in their hand and put so much away for, you know, their groceries, put so much away for their utilities, put so much away for... You know, entertainment I mean, or
1: whatever. I, I understand, but in in some ways it can be very handy. You know, to have a debit card or a revolute card or to tap. I you think know? for
11: big items, like if you're okay, I'm not, I'm not suggesting somebody's going to be going around with hundreds, of thousands in their pocket to pay for something. So if you're buying a, you know, a big item
1: for a couple of hundred euro, or you're no, but even a know, coffee, you know what I mean, or But like, you know,
11: like that's the you know all the cost of all those two euros on your on, on, on your on your on your card. Like it's mental, and as I say. Oh,
1: Oh, yes, Revolut—it's
11: up- free. That's the no, brilliant uh, thing about no, Revolut. Yeah, but it, yeah, Revolut is free. But what others, it's not. But on top of all that, it's like that woman. Something happens that your know, your battery is not charged. There's a, an issue with the IT. I mean, I've gone into supermarkets on numerous occasions, and it was cash only when i suited them because their IT system. And that's partly because it was—they're not being built. It's not being built. If you build a house. Right, you have to put proper foundations, the correct cement, blah, blah. And the higher you go, you have to put in steel
1: structures to keep it up. The only one, yeah, but like, for instance, it can be much safer. I'm just being the devil's advocate. Yeah, it can yeah, be yeah. much safer not to be carrying, like, for, no, for no, all sorts of people, particularly cash. vulnerable people, not carrying guess,
11: cash. But I think, I mean, I remember years ago, people, especially females, they had this, their little place where to put their cash when they needed it. Before, there was check, people, people didn't have checkbooks and they didn't have any of these cards. So they kind of carried their cash with them and they had their little pockets, their special pockets yeah. For, yeah, to put it in. Um, but what I'm saying to you is, I'm not talking about people going around with hundreds and hundreds of euros or whatever. But I just think, you know, on a day-to-day basis, you should be able to go into your supermarket, you should be able to go to your cafe, you should be able to do whatever and buy your coffee, buy your few groceries without having to go to the. And then if you, anything goes wrong, you ring up, you say press 101 numbers, and you no know, nobody can help you because uh, you know you can't remember your numbers or your passwords or Oh, it just melts the drives. Me. There was
1: a time when there was a, a lot of human interaction, and that was the way commercialism should operate. Just I mean, I, I remember for years and years. It's it's well gone now. I don't know if you know it or whether you were in Cork at the time or whatever. But the Cork and Limerick Savings Bank had the most beautiful bank yeah. on Laps Key, and the most most the most. Just a It's the most ornate building inside. Oh, are, it's yeah. gorgeous. Robbie. But yeah. you know it, and there was there must have been ten or fifteen beautiful Teller Port. Oh so I remember
11: them all in and, Dublin like, I mean I'm from Dublin yeah. originally and um, and there was
1: people and, standing behind all of them and you walked yeah, up there might have and, been a bit of a queue but there was, there was loads of staff you know
11: yeah but that's what it, see, it's all about again the corporate gain and um, you know at the expense of, of the community and, and the citizens I mean even like the issues that were happening in Dublin there a while ago on the north in our city like, there used to be a hundred stockers down the docks mm. Then somebody got a bright idea, I thought, and they depended there a couple of weeks ago, that, that that they'd get a cheaper way of getting their goods off the ships. So then they only needed 10 dockers. So oh, listen, this is, right.
1: the, this is the the docking port capital of Ireland, and that yeah. happened here in spades yeah. with yeah. regards to the hundreds no, and hundreds yeah. of dockers we had. That's, no, for, so that's there, for another so, day.
11: Yeah, so, but no, but what I'm saying is, it's the corporate again, it's, it's, after, it's, it's after making a huge profit on that. Then the same corporate are complaining now because there's because there's antisocial activities and the guards are complaining because they, are, they haven't got enough guards to deal with it and all that so it's, it's, it, 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 these things shouldn't have to be looked at they're interconnected like yeah. the Olympic rings if you do one thing it's the impact on the other rings and that it, they, they, don't, they do know it but they don't want to deal with it until it's too late the yeah. fire brigade the fire brigade's reaction to everything we we don't we don't prevent the fire we wait till the fire starts and it spreads everywhere and then we we'll, we we'll, we we'll try we we'll try and cut, put it out
1: it's too late i think it's it's too late, it's too late. Um, another example for this of course we could be here all morning and you mentioned it in your text is self-service checkouts um yeah for, for, yeah. So for so some yeah, but, yeah. for some like and including me i find them very very handy very
11: handy
1: but there should be but options
11: yeah, but that's what I'm saying. And I mean, I've seen um, in the supermarkets where there was a load of them and then they, they cut back. it was cut back to one or two because I, for one, I refuse to use any of these things because my attitude is that computer or, or machine or whatever it is, it doesn't buy the groceries, it doesn't pay rent, it doesn't pay a mortgage, it doesn't go on holidays. You want to keep the staff in jobs. Exactly, because if, but by keeping the staff in jobs, that means there's the money in the economy. And that, that goes, and other things, that once that money goes, once you have all this automation, so eventually you have no staff, so then, true, true. Who, who's, going to, who's going to borrow the money, who's going to be buying the messages, so they're, true, not, true. Are, they're not going to be, have enough money to buy all these things, because they, they, they have, they, they're not earning any money, okay. or earning okay. so little.
1: Okay, do you have a debit card now?
11: I do have one, but as I say, I, I definitely always keep cash, right. I, you know, I'm not saying hundreds, but I always, I, I just refuse to accept... That I can't pay in cash.
1: Did you know that the ATMs at Bank of Ireland were giving out so-called free cash?
11: Yeah, but I, I, that's what I mean. that's, and that's another part. They built an IT system. That's what, what I mean, I was talking about the building earlier. They want they want a Mercedes or a Porsche system, but they're only one, prepared to pay for a mini. <laughs> and that's and that's. <laughs>
1: That's you weren't te- you weren't tempted to visit one of the ATMs when it was gone rogue? No,
11: Oh, no, no, I wasn't. i be gone. No, I wouldn't be not in a hundred years. Right. But I mean, as for the guards being, what uh, like, like you know, the, the tours now that have that have been disrupted and all that with with tax and that, but it's the guard. That's just for the tours. If they're if they're there for the citizens that that live here, they'd be there. But, but, the they were, but they were there
1: They were there for the attacks on the tourists and they reacted very quickly and swiftly no, in the investigation. They, 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 and we they we, they have, have, we have people b- b- before courts and everything. So that was good work. We, we know,
11: but that was too late. You know, what I'm saying is, if there were, the, yeah, the fire brigade response. But if they, um, I remember, I don't know if you put me, nobody wants a police state, but I've been abroad, you've been abroad, we've all been abroad. If you go to any city, anywhere that I've ever seen, capital or otherwise, there's a presence on yeah. the ground, feet on the ground. What Fergus Quinn used to call it, feet on the floor. Yeah,
1: yeah.
11: And whether it's whether it's the guards, the shops, the hospitals, yeah. Yeah. or anywhere, visibility. We're all customers and, and
1: in one way or another. Yeah, yeah. And, and okay.
11: it's, 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 it's the visibility. So, it, it, I'm not saying what nothing well, never happens, but what I'm saying is. It, 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 it makes people think twice if they see if they see that there's a visibility
1: around. Okay, good points, right. well made, Jean. Thanks so much for getting in touch. Bye. Thanks for listening. Bye,
11: bye. bye. Well, you too. Look after bye.
1: yourself. For the guys to Ryanair, that was an elderly couple actually who arrived at the airport, but they had their return boarding passes. They printed the wrong ones instead of the, um, you know, the the departure uh, boarding passes. So they were sent back to a, a Ryanair desk where they were asked for 160 euro to print. This is just to print. Two sheets of paper, uh, if you're economical about it, and the boarding pass on each one of them, 160, or not 16, right? Or not six. 160 euro where do you start with Ryanair it depends on it depends where you are but like all companies there are some nasty individuals I've experienced some myself and only recently there are no standards for who they hire they have no compassion for disability either Um recently I found them very disrespectful to my autistic son thank you for that text to 0868 just ahead of the break John morning morning Neil Okay, um, the Garda Shikona being called out as touch to nerve, um, being called out as private security for the banks. Your thoughts?
7: Well, that's not after giving people an insight into the cashless society and the dangers of a cashless society. Uh, nothing else will. And when, when you have uh, uh, members of the, the government forces who can be sent down to a cash machine and they are genuine citizens who went down who needed to take out money that you can't take it out. That's where, the, that's where the cashless society is. Drew Harris has we come out and
1: pitch. said that we were responding to at least 40 calls from the public and were obliged to respond to the <coughs> yeah. public's calls.
7: Yeah, but that will never be verified because there will be no access to the numbers if they were done on 999. Uh, or were they phoned into the local police station. Are you
1: suggesting somebody high up in the Bank of Ireland made a call to a high up guard or something?
7: Well, that, or a, a, a pet politician
1: that, that phoned the commissioner. Which would be no which would be no shock. You know? Yeah, get the get but, the squad cars out to protect the money in the bank yeah, kind of thing.
7: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But you must remember, do you remember during the the bailout when uh when uh, the the government were expecting the, the, the citizens to attack the banks to take out their money? Yeah. Uh, coincidentally at the same time and the can be sanctioned the the purchase of a of a million loans of ammunition at that time. mm mm. mm. You you you'll remember that because you were in uh, yeah. media at the time, yeah, but a lot of other people wouldn't know a, a damn thing about it. So they were expecting trouble. They were expecting trouble then. But uh, listen, there's a petition gone to the British government this morning. There's nearly three hundred thousand signatures on it to forget about this cashless society that people can't live uh, the way. Uh, uh, it's amazing that to in-
1: watch the UK biting back, isn't it? Not just that with regards to what you just mentioned, but they're also. Uh, threatening the conservative government's re-election with all of their climate change agenda, people don't want yeah. it. They just say, "Listen, this is gonna, this is just not our business. Um, it's going to impact on our lives. We need to be able to get around and do whatever we want. You can't infringe our freedom by taxing us if we drive cars or if we have gas boilers or oil, f- oil fuel boilers. They're freaking over it. We're not yeah. though. Yep."
7: Yeah. Yeah, but, uh, no, because the people haven't uh, seen the full, uh, the full picture yet. But this thing uh, with the Gardaí, uh, where somebody, the forces of the state can be put in front of a machine where you need to take out money.
1: There could have been t- a t- riot, though, at, at any one of them. There could have been fisticuffs. Somebody could have dropped to the ground and they could have broken their neck or cracked their skull. There could have been a fight uh, trying sure. to get up to the top of the queue.
7: But sure the bank could have busted the firms as well, just as a, the same as everywhere else around the well, world, but it didn't. did it? Okay. You know? Okay. Okay. No, All right. I, listen, who 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 was in control of of the, the master key to turn off the funds the into the into the machines? But maybe that's why, why it was that.
1: A, maybe that was because that's why it was a glitch. Maybe they couldn't turn them off. <laughs>
7: oh. Yeah, but is the technology being run from another uh, jurisdiction like a lot of the foreign banks are being run from other okay. jurisdictions? Here's, here's
1: what they need to do um, on the basis of what people are saying to me this morning. They need to total up all of the man hours for want of a better term that it costs the state for the Gardaí to go to all of these locations and build Bank of what? Ireland for them, don't you think?
7: No, that won't work because the, the Gardaí no, have a, have been has been told that they had 40 concerned citizens who have just left the bank off the hook. Okay. okay. Now the bank, the bank are turning over billions. They are after screwing people left, right, and centre for, for uh, dodgy charges when they change mortgage uh, rates and the whole lot and everything. Yet none of them went to jail. Okay. But okay. now, if you but now if you have people who took money out uh, misguidedly, uh, they can be jailed when they won't be able to pay it back.
1: I tell you who was. I'll come back to this a l- later. I tell you who was dragged to jail. Yet another Irish mother whose apparent television license wasn't paid. Uh, was dragged barefoot from her house in pyjamas by members of Angarda Shikona. It turned out subsequent to that because she was on disability she was exempt from paying the television licence.
7: Yeah, but them guys they would be no more than members of the RIC. We wouldn't be taking any notice of them. you know. Why? Well, they, they don't represent the people in the country. They should be ashamed of their life to go around and harass a woman. Uh, like but what if, what if like you're what if you're
1: a guard at, and you're inside in the barracks and your sergeant gives you the warrant and tells you go and serve that?
7: How many times have warrants? No, seriously, what a, are you
1: supposed to say? You can tell him to go out and do it himself. You'd be you be suspended. You'd be reported to JSA. No no, no, no,
7: no, You wouldn't. No, you wouldn't because your union would come in and back in and said that there was an unreasonable request right. that it went it, it went it, it went against your moral
1: judgment. So, members of the force should be able to use their own moral judgment if they're instructed to do different duties.
7: But sir, if you can't live by a set of morals, you might as so well go I, and uh, get a line card and swing from tree no, to
1: tree. No, I want to hear what you have to and others as well, in the sense that but, maybe no guard should, um, w- should actually enforce a warrant on anybody with an outstanding debt or indeed um, television license outstanding.
7: Oh, yeah, but. Let's 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 stick with the television thing a while long, because there are genuine debts out there. But from what we've seen with RTE, there's going to be a, a lot of people not paying their licence Tell me, other guy, are you going to go drag everybody
1: out of the house? Here's what's going to happen with RTE and the television licence. I think I think people are going to continue not to pay it, um, and I think the number of people who aren't paying it will continue to increase when their due date comes up but very very soon perhaps for the end of the year and certainly early next year they will change the way that people are paying the license and it will be taken away from a billing system and it will be debited from your bank or the revenue will actually oh take yeah it. but
7: you're, this is what we will talk this is just what I brought up to you. the banks will have control over your money and they'll get a heads up from an it uh, company or from some company or, 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 or rte put a, uh, uh, what you call it, a mandate on your account to take their money without your permission. Alright,
1: okay. Listen, uh, uh, we'll pick up uh, with other calls, texts and comments. Stay in touch, as always, though. Thank you, John. Text 0868104106.
2: Get it off your chest. Text the Neil Brinderville Show now. 086 Red FM. Just
1: staying with banks. And indeed, in general topics of this morning, which include uh, customer service, I've got Billy Keller, MEP, by phone. Uh, Billy, good morning. We've been we've We've been Morning, chatting you. on the air here about lots of different things. One, of course, was the story of Ryanair charging an elderly couple of €160 Euro to print two boarding passes. More has to do with, you're probably not aware of it, but Brown Thomas here in Cork have uh, just kicked off Christmas uh, on the 17th day of August. We've been talking about banks, we've been talking about uh, insurance companies, we've talked about um, the uh, cashless society that everybody's chasing us to uh, ASAP and yet we see the bank glitch and BOI BOI being a real opportunity to see that a cashless society would be a bad idea Just just on the ATM thing, do do you have thoughts on that? Well, look, I think the
12: biggest problem we have is that our banking system in Ireland is still very dependent on old technology. It hasn't invested enough in new modern technology. It hasn't upgraded its systems. Uh, and, you know, we have seen over a period of time a lot of glitches happening. We've had Ulster Bank, we've had AIB. We have now Bank of Ireland. Uh, bank of Ireland has been previously fined um, by the central bank, I think, 24 million euros in 2021 for previous uh, IT glitches. So I think it's now time that there's a full assessment carried out by the central central bank to ensure that our banking systems have the best technology available and we just simply haven't invested enough you take a simple case Neil where uh, instant payments if you want to transfer money from one Irish bank to another Irish bank you can't do it instantaneously Uh, most modern banking systems now it could take upwards
1: of what three four days would it well
12: look if you put in if you put if you transfer of a friday afternoon you're you're waiting till monday you know and that's that's just unacceptable in a, in a, in a modern era where they're all talk about you know uh, technology ict investment but yet at the same time the basic of being able to transfer money instantaneously within an irish banking system is impossible
1: yeah well i think really we all know that the banks operate and all commercial businesses operate for one thing and that is profit and profit alone And that's why we're moving away from the customer comes first model. Surely you'd agree with that.
12: I'm not disputing that at all, Neil. I think one of the biggest difficulties we have now is that it's very difficult to interface with um, personnel in, in, in any in, in any bank or, or even beyond banks in, in services in general, uh, and that is becoming problematic. They're just, you know, if you make an application, for example, for a loan, uh, an awful lot of now is done through algorithms and computer assessment in advance of being able to meet anybody to discuss a, a loan or a business plan. So, I mean, that is that is a significant problem, and I think is something that has to be you know, you know revisited, revisited. Um, and that certainly is an issue. A
1: yeah, but any kind of a business that in the past would have you know eyeball to eyeball customer service doesn't anymore. It it isn't just banks. It could be anything. It could be from self service checkouts. And ultimately, it's 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 leading people to lose jobs, isn't it? You can take any of the consumers, whether it's the utilities, your board gash or your uh, electric garland where you're dealing with them as a customer. It could be, you know, trying to top up your phone. It could be trying to get an insurance quote. There's no people at the end of the phones anymore.
12: Well, I mean, if you're if if you're making a phone call up to to you know if there's a problem with a service, for example, it is it is very difficult. I mean, customer service certainly seems to be something that's very much in the back foot uh, in terms of um, you know major organisations like banks, insurance companies, yeah. television companies, um, utility companies. They certainly seem to be very very slow in investing in consumer uh, you know services and particularly in the event of there being a problem with their service, that you can have that rectified. It could take endless uh, amounts of time listening to music being played down the phone. To you when you're trying to resolve an issue. Uh, of course, the, the opposite is the case then when it comes to actually making applications where they're trying to, uh, you know, take money from you. So I just think we have to get that, we have to tip that balance a little more in favour of the consumer again, and that's certainly an area that we all have to look do at. Do
1: the banks pay enough tax in this country, do you think?
12: Well, look, I have been consistently saying that uh, the Irish banking system now seems to be just motivated on one issue and one issue alone, and that's just the profit of it, um, of the system. In, in other words, like when interest rates uh, rise, for example, we've seen recently that they didn't pass on the interest rate rise to deposit holders. No. For many no. for many years, uh, we had the highest interest, mortgage interest rates in, in the European Union. Now, that has changed slightly, but I mean, that's only a short-term reprieve because, you know, over the next number of years, as people come off the fixed rate, they're going to go back into the variable rate, so they'll be their, their mortgage repayments will, will increase dramatically. But um, I think that, um, you know, the central bank has an, a bigger, should have a, a bigger or play a bigger role. It is obliged to look after the banks, but it's also obliged to look after uh, consumers and customers of banks. And they seem to be failing in that area, in my view. Mm-hmm. Like, so uh, I would like to see that the banks would be pressurized uh, to the point where they're obliged to pay the, the deposit rate uh, to, to deposit holders, and that they can't be profiteering and gouging from 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 the, uh, the depositors as well.
1: Are you saying that that interest rates on loans should be the same for interest rates for money on deposit?
12: Uh, well, no, I mean, I'm not, no, but I mean, what, what I am saying is that when the European Central Bank raises its interest rate, uh, deposit rates should should rise accordingly, and and that is not the case. Does the that mean that the banks
1: now start, really should be paying depositors 4 or 5% kind of thing, is it?
12: Well, they should be paying more than what they are paying because we are one of the lowest in the European Union at the moment, and that is a significant problem. And no other
1: we bank will can. come, uh, well, could we not see more banks coming in to take on the big ones? No? <laughs> Well, I, I've been consistently raising this issue with the European
12: Central Bank and um, with uh, Christine Lagarde, uh, the president of the ECB, um, you know, to see what are the obstacles to the um uh, other banks coming to Ireland and there are a few obstacles look it is a small market in the overall context but I, I do believe that while we only have two banks basically AIB and Bank of Ireland offering services you know they have a, a, a duopoly effectively yeah but so we more people now use credit
1: unions more people use actually you've got permanent TSB which are a you know they're a player in the market as well but they, they all seem, well, to seem to move together and mortgages yes they all seem to move together like and uh uh, it's it's almost like as if they're a, a kind of a quango. You know what I mean? Well,
12: as I'm saying, there's a duopoly almost because, I mean, they just simply do not have, a, um, we don't have enough competition uh, in the Irish marketplace. We do need uh, another high street um, bank to come into Ireland to, to offer services to Irish people. So okay. if you look at it, you know, the, the, the banks follow each other effectively almost in the in, in every way, both with deposits rates and also with mortgage rates as well. So I just think it's an area that the, the government, the, the Irish Central Bank and the European Central Bank will have to remove any obstacles to ensure that, you know, at least other players might look at the Irish market. And make a Now, we have some obstacles yeah. ourselves in terms of, um, you know, being able to recruit uh, assets from uh, people if they, to keep defaulting on payments, for example. That's an issue that has been raised with us from time to time as well, that, uh, uh, you know, banks don't want to come into the Irish market. I'm just making the point. These are, these are some of the obstacles. But overall, we do need to try and remove uh, okay. and encourage others into the market. Can I
1: just ask you? This may sound stupid, but you know all of the bailout money that was given to the banks was that ultimately all paid back?
12: Well, the banks uh, got um, um, the, you know they got, they got write downs. Um, uh, most of the money that was uh, put into the Irish banks, based on the write down, um, you know, is it, it will be recouped.
1: But I mean, what does this, that this mean? Silly. They got lashings of cash from us, the taxpayer. Did they pay us yes. back?
12: Well, I mean, the, trans- the, 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 the bad assets were transferred to NAMA, so that, I mean, the, 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 whole, the whole in terms of the accounting will be on the NAMA side of us. Uh, I think what well, the banks will will we will recoup the money from the banks, but there still is an outstanding um, loss uh, on the NAMA side, obviously.
1: So it costs us money to bail out banks for which we're still yeah. suffering the consequences of. Well, it did cost money, there's no doubt about that. I mean, you know, but I mean, at the time, uh, it was either that or let, or let the entire... Um, oh, no, I, I understand that. But right finance. now, they're making serious profits, massive profits. We should tax them a windfall tax.
12: Yes, um, I I know that Minister McGrath is looking at this. There is a banking levy. It only recoups, I think, about 87 million euros, which is very small in the overall context. When you look at uh, Bank of Ireland's profits for 2023, you know, they're going to be enormous. AIB will will be as well. So I I do believe that, um, particularly in view of the fact that they are not passing on the the interest rates to deposit holders, and um, you know, uh, they are making excessive profits, in in my view, that there should be something done to revisit the whole issue of a windfall tax, or at least increased the banking levy.
1: And do you think um, you're aware, I assume, of the run on the ATMs because of the glitch? Do you think that people were motivated to try and get the so-called free money because they see enormous bank profits? Bank of Ireland's profit for 2022 before tax was £1.2 billion.
12: Yes I, I, Look I suppose That people weren't uh, Looking at the balance sheets Of the banks And they were galloping Down to the ATM machines The other night uh, But you know But I think they just saw The opportunity Maybe to get money They might have Cash flow issues They just saw that As an opportunity But look There's no such thing As a free lunch From what I can gather That will be um, uh, that, that will be uh, Debited to them So I mean that's That, that that's will, will be repaid But I think The the broader issue here yeah. Is that we can't Have a situation Where the banks Technology Is, is, is not up to the standard That we expect True, uh, and you know, uh, and that's that's the key issue. We All do right. need our banks to invest in technology and customer service.
1: Billy, thanks for taking the call. As always, uh, Billy Culler, MEP. I like the term of galloping down to the ATM machines for free money. Back after eleven now. Prenderville Show, Red FM. Okay, back to calls in a few minutes' time. I was just announcing there a little earlier this morning that sadly the broadcaster, uh, Michael Parkinson, Sir Michael Parkinson, has died at the age of 88. Died peacefully at home in the company of his family uh, last night. He had a brief illness, had a long and a happy and incredibly successful broadcasting career. A Yorkshireman, I believe. Um, Mark Willington would know a lot more about him than, than I would apart from, I know he loved his cricket and he had an incredible knack to get the best out of people in such a very very comfortable relaxed style of interviewing uh, and did so for decades and decades and decades something like 800 episodes of his uh, tv interview show and he did some of the best in the world elton john george michael sir billy connolly many 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 times muhammad ali and, and people like that um it was it was incredible the uh, breadth of his broadcast career and he died peacefully um I mean, you could you could play stuff from Parkinson uh, all, all morning, different memorable clips. But one of the, but first up anyway is the theme. Sounds very seventies now, doesn't it? But it stood the test of time. You just couldn't help but pop the old head to this one. She couldn't. It was something they'd use in the Muppets. Actually, he interviewed and did. He interviewed Miss Piggy. I think he even featured in um, the Muppet Show, I think, at one stage. But anyway, if I were to pick one, right, and the lads correctly called it this morning, it probably would be uh, Muhammad Ali talking about racial integration in the USA. We're going way back to early Parky on this one, to 1971
5: people to move in the neighborhoods we clean their own neighborhoods and another thing when you say integration it comes on intermarriage too right all right. been together right, sure. and i'm sure no intelligent white person watching this show or no intelligent uh, white man in his or her right white mind want black boys and black girls marrying their white sons and daughters, and in return, introducing their grandchildren as half-brown, kinky-haired black people. I w- I and wouldn't. I'm sure I wouldn't object to that. Well, you wouldn't, but a lot of them would. But well, I'm sure a lot of people would know. This the what I'm of... trying to say is this. What I'm trying to say is this. Um, you don't have it. You say you don't, but you don't have it. You really ain't going to have it. You're on the show, and you got to say this. That's, that's not true. Why would you want to do that? Because because I don't think, I don't
13: think I'm any different from you, you see. Uh,
5: yeah, we're yeah, we much different. That's I mean, crazy, I think society's man. made we us know, different. You we know we're different. We're all together. But society's different. made us different. No, not society. God made us different. No, no, we're just human beings. He made all no, of no, us. We all, listen, bluebirds fly with bluebirds. Redbirds want to be with <laughs> birds. Listen, listen, tell me when I'm wrong. Pigeons want to be with pigeons. But tell me when I'm wrong. Well we have an well, We, must, well, we should have. have more. have. They don't have intelligence, but yet they stay together. We should have more intelligence intelligence than them, right? <laughs> the buzzards are with buzzards. Yeah. Buzzards are with buzzards bluebirds with bluebirds they all are birds but they've got different cultures the eagles like to hang out in the mountains the buzzard like to fly around the desert well, the bluebird like to fly around the trees and the grass problems
13: are a buzzard mating with a sparrow wouldn't there
5: what there certain <laughs> right, right. Right. Yes, I mean, we have the problems too no problem. i don't see i don't see i don't see no black and white couples in england or america walking around proud holding their children
13: that's because society... And then going out. That's, that's society's fault. Well, I, mean, so, well, well, I mean, we've got to educate well, my, people around it. Well, life t- is
5: too short know. for me to be catching <laughs> hell for something like that. I'd rather go and be my own. I have a beautiful daughter, beautiful wife. They look like me. We're all happy. And I don't have no trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have no trouble. Ain't I ain't that much in love with no woman to go through all that hell. Ain't no one woman that good. <laughs> You understand?
13: I understand, yeah. I just, I do understand. I understand, I think it's, I think it's sad that... that that's, it ain't
5: sad because I want my sad. child to look it's like me. Every you. intelligent person wants his child to look like him. I'm sad because I want to blight out my race and lose my beautiful identity. Chinese love Chinese. They love the little slanted that pretty brown-skinned babies. Pakistanis love their culture. Jewish people love their culture. A lot of Catholics don't want to marry them Catholics. They want the religion to stay the same. Who want to spot up yourself and kill your race? you you a hater of your people if you don't want to stay who you are. You shame what God made you. God didn't make no mistake when he made us all like we I, were. I think that's a philosophy
13: I'm, of despair. Despair. I really do. It ain't is no easier? despair. I Number one, can't
5: no woman. I Let me tell you something. No, I going to tell you something. Listen, no woman on this whole earth, not even a black woman in Muslim countries, can please me and cook for me and socialize and talk to me like my American black woman. No woman, at last, is a white woman can really identify with me and my feelings and the way I act and the way I talk. And you can't take no Chinese man and give him no Puerto Rican woman and holler about we in love and you emotionally in love and physically, but really they're not happy because she's going to hear some Puerto Rican music, he's going to hear some Chinese music. And they're going to (laughs) be clashing all the time. It's just nature. You can do what you want, but it's nature to want to be with your own. I want to be with my own. I love my people. That's, I don't hate
1: nobody. Isn't that incredible? Isn't that just an incredible piece of history? 1971. How much has changed, or indeed has it even got worse, since Ali was talking about racial integration with Parkey in 1971? It's an incredible piece. I don't know, I also wonder, has the calibre of guests got worse as well? Are there, There are no, like, super greats like that, whether it was when he would talk to Oliver Reed, or whether it was Ali, or he might have, you know, some of the real super duper, duper international stars. They all didn't go right, though, because uh, that was 71. But if you move along to 2003, he had um, um, a difficult interview with Meg Ryan, the actress, who went down in history as one of his most memorable shows. He was left faced with a stony-faced Meg Ryan. Um, It was kind of, wasn't it all like one-word answers? Um, I think she was... There to promote a film. A lot of the time they are there to promote something. Um, I, I haven't heard the audio. Fair play to Kevin, he might to, managed to find it quite quickly. So I'm hearing it on the fly myself. But this is the, the interview I'm referring to.
13: You said once that, that acting was not in your nature. I did. You did say that. Yes, okay. you did say that. Did you, are you denying that you said that? I mean, it's not a. Day. No, it's it seems something.
0: like something I'd say.
13: All right,
9: fine. All
0: right. <laughs> no, I, uh, um, I think what I meant was that it just, uh, it it's always feels very awkward for me to be in front of an audience or in the spotlight. It doesn't come
5: all that naturally.
13: So why do it?
0: I don't know. Maybe you can help me out with that.
13: No, I couldn't. It's, it's for you to debate and tell me.
0: I don't know. I'm compelled, though. Then, and I, I like it. I like the work a lot.
13: But you don't like the, the, the spotlight that goes with it? The rest it's it.
0: awkward. It's not um, something that comes easily or fits naturally. I mean, I do it, you know, it's fine. But it doesn't seem, you know, like a, an easy fit.
13: But you can't have one without the look, can you? You can't do what you do and be famous and well-known without... Uh,
0: well, I think uh, you, you know. can certainly be an actor and not be a movie star.
13: Well, but you are a movie star. Yes. By choice. But, uh, seemingly. So... You've got a problem. Yeah. <laughs> and it seems that one that's not going to be resolved on this show. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. You were trained to be a journalist.
0: I did. Yeah, I went to New York University, which is um. Uh, uh, anyway, I went to New York University and tried, I uh, study to be a journalist. I never graduated. I had about a semester to go.
13: And and why why did you change from being a journalist to to, to being an actress?
0: Uh, I. I was paying my way through school by doing commercials and things like that, and one just overtook the other. I think some, sometimes your life seems to choose you a little bit, and I feel like that's what happened.
13: I you, you mean, what, what kind of journalist would you have made, do you think?
0: <laughs> um, well, I, I wasn't interested in doing anything really, you know, hardcore, but I was interested in doing things like, you know, maybe write for a magazine or cooking.
13: <laughs> do, do, things, do, like now, a, now that you' an
0: article on food
13: now that, you're, now that you're wary of journalists, I mean do, does it give you an insight into what they're after?
0: Now that I'm wary of them? Yes,
13: you are wary of journalists, you're wary of me, you're wary of the interview. You don't like being interviewed. you can see it's in the way that you, you sit and the way you are. you don't. Like, don't you? <laughs> so, so therefore well I mean it's a perfectly easy question, a decent question well, to ask you it, about it, being it, a journalist. I mean in other words, if you were me, what would you do now?
0: Well I just
13: wrap it up. <laughs> have you have time to look at the outfit, you know? You yeah,
6: mm-hmm. I'm very admiring of your shoes and the fact Thank that you. you can walk in them. They're so high. Yeah. Amazing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was kind of tipping along nicely. I get the distinct impression of that, that Michael Parkinson was actually in bad form. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I just, that's just my interpretation. I thought she was trying to do the best she could, uh, but he just seemed to be off form or something or went off on one. I don't know why he behaved in that manner. I believe that 20 years later he offered an apology to the actress and he admitted that neither of them was on top form. You have difficult interviewees, I suppose. You know, it comes the rough with the smooth. Uh, The late Michael Parkinson, who has died at the age of 88, peacefully at home uh, in the company of his family. And he lived for, um, you know, 88 years on the planet and never wanted to stop working. I remember reading that in 2013, he revealed that he was being treated for prostate cancer, and everybody's thinking, oh, he'll stop. But he didn't stop. He kept on going, and he had no intention of stopping working and continued to work right up until the end um, loved his cricket and his golf as well uh, that's another good one gone back after the break text 0868104106 call
2: Neil Prenderville now on 0818104106 Red FM
1: and back to the phone lines we go on this uh, Thursday morning get in touch pick up the phone 0818104106 Jim good morning all ready for the Ironman this weekend I hope
7: we yeah, are thank God it is brilliant and Tomorrow's supposed to be a bit, bit late and tomorrow's supposed to be a bit, bit late, so, but Saturday and Sunday, it would be absolutely, absolutely brilliant.
1: And, and tell anyway, me this, I hear tell an awful lot of people have already descended upon the town, is that right?
7: It's chock-a-block and it's brilliant, there's a buzz down here, and the town is looking amazing, fair play to all the, 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 the residents uh, and the surrounding areas, the bunting and the flags, there's a big welcome e- even from... Even from radio FM, you're
1: welcome down. And you? tell me this: like, wh- who's who's descended upon the town already? It is all is it all the competitors? Because they come with an awful lot of backup too, don't they?
7: They do. I I, I actually last Sunday morning I was taking my dog for a walk down the Britain Road, and that's where the that's where the the running will take place. They come out that road the other back of the the, the, the Britain Road. but I met a South African couple, uh, Belinda oh. and William, and they were absolutely. You know, the sort of the people, beautiful people, they're spending money in the, in the town and, you know, they're looking forward where, to so far what they're staying.
1: Where are they all staying, man?
7: Well, this Belinda and William, now this, this couple they uh, met on Sunday, they're staying in Kilkenny, would you believe it? God
1: almighty. Is there much Airbnb down there, guest houses, hotel rooms? There is, but they're all full. They're,
7: they're, they're all full and they're, 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 they're booked within nearly, nearly 12 months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but, yeah. but I... They, they, well, the somewhere out of the stuff,
1: circulation because of Ukrainian refugees, I get that.
7: Well, they're, 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 they're the bigger, they're the big, that's the bigger picture. The like big. the, the quality of the hotel is gone and and uh, you have a hotel in the main street here that's, that's booked. Yeah. But the, I'd say the, the, the only problem that will be down here is that... Um, most of these athletes, well, all the athletes actually, they wouldn't be heading for Supermax and and, 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 uh, and Chinese takeaways and things like that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They, they would be on specified uh, diets and things like that. So that will be a concern. Uh, but obviously enough, they they will buy st- all the stuff local in the supermarket. Yeah, market. I know so it's a
1: great yeah. boost because there'll be huge amounts of spectators down there as well. Actually, does, the, tone
7: yeah. is looking, the tone is looking fantastic and a, And I have, I have to go on board here and say that the Cock County Council and the staff in the R town Council, they, 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 have, they have done terrific work over the last few weeks there and the tone is looking amazing. Absolutely, a buddy of mine,
1: Kevin, sent me a video there from the beaches there about half six last night and they were rammed, absolutely yes. flying.
7: Well, I wonder not that was Otherwise, engaged. Oh, no, and, it was. And, I, I mean, and, it's just and, a yeah, huge amount yeah. of
1: people hitting the beaches. Yeah. Iron Kids is on tomorrow. It's a run, a run only event for kids four to fifteen, isn't it?
7: there's two and a half thousand kids in it? <laughs> I love it. Two, two and a half thousand kids taking part in that.
1: But they and won't the, do what? the bike or the swim, they'll just do the no, run no. part of it, yeah. they are yeah. doing
7: the run. But there's two and a half thousand kids. Now, like, uh, like uh, you, you can trouble that in between parents, guardians uh, and carers, you can trouble that with the amount of people that be in town to look after these people, you know. And,
1: and to, uh, I, thank you very much for answering all of the questions, because this wasn't the intention of the call, but is this the last no. year then of Ironman and you all?
7: I, 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 I'm I not sure. I think I think that I... That, well, what I heard last night, and this is completely unofficial, what what next year to a one-day event only. And I think they move on to Galway within I'm open for correction, Neil. All, all right, right uh, All right. right. Okay. But, 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 yeah. but, but uh, I, think, I think there's a one-day, a one-day event next year. But, you know, the, 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 the town is looking amazing, Neil. And, and, and I'm one of the critics of the, of the town saying that, you know, that it's, it's derelict and everything. But I must admit now that... It, you know, everybody has come on board. The, the, the people living in you are fantastic, they're absolutely fantastic. The bunting, the colour, they they painted our houses. They, it's looking brilliant, and and everyone is welcome. And you, you know, you go you go and talk to these these people that's visiting. You don't wait for them to talk to you. They they they'll only say hi and walk past. Stop and talk to them, and that's what I do.
1: Fair and, play, you know. boy, and you have no problem in the talkie department. The swim is three point eight <laughs> kilometers. The bike ride, the bike ride's hundred and eighty kilometers, and. And of course we get the marathon which is just over 42 kilometres. No. My God. This is a Corkman won it last year I think, wasn't
7: it? It was. Uh, I think it was. Chris Minturn was his
1: name. Serious. I think he's a yawl man. I spoke to him the day after he won it but what a, what yeah. a fit guy. He
7: He's he some connections in yawl but I, I saw him and 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 believe it in the cycle race he, he was behind and he, he made up ground and, and like the conditions weren't the best. Now, um, this, some of these condors like wouldn't be used to, uh, to, to the conditions that we have. Like all, yeah, well, he was in. well that used work. to it.
1: Apparently, he's got a family caravan down there as well. So he spoke to after so, the yeah. race and he spent the night in the caravan. Yes. After, in fairness, to him.
7: <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, but this, this is it. You see, it's 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 amazing. And and you know, the, the following day after the event is over, to, to, just to walk the streets and, and you must talk to the people. You you must because like um, you try sell the town, and we are selling. The town and, and, and various organizations and, and sporting groups are coming on board. Well, well said, man. Here. Well said. Well you know, said. Okay. They, okay. They, they're, all, they're all doing their share. Okay. Fair play. To them, they're all doing Okay, share. you got I mean, Iron but,
1: Man down in Co- in Yoll and we've got the Cork and a Fork here on Lee Side for the next few days. More about that in a few minutes. Now. But just briefly, then, uh, you, you think that the banks should have been protected by the Guardie. Is that your point? Not at all. Not
7: at all. Not at all what i what I'm saying is uh, with the last two days I, I, I was listening to some of your callers and, and and some of the texts you were getting like like it, it was it was kind of demeaning the girls, if you like what i mean if you, like, if you know what I mean like the, the girls remember the girls are superiors, right, and they they go with they sentence, yeah, yeah, do you yeah. think for one do you think for one minute that a girl on duty uh, want to want to go down standing in front of an ATM machine? You think for one minute that he wants to do that. He's, on, he's only doing what his superiors are, are, t- are
1: telling them. John was and saying so that they could make a moral call and uh, somebody in uniform to refuse to respond to an, uh, uh, an, an order, but I don't think that could ever happen.
7: Well, I don't, I, I, I don't understand that, Patrick. But Gary was on this morning uh, uh, with you. I think for Gary, yeah. he was on with you this morning. Now, Mick... Mick should should have, should in his conversation with you, he should have turned around and said, the management of one girl is Why did he say the girls, girls, girls? Like, that's demeaning that's, that's the, that's the, the man that's on the beat and going down and standing. For the he, sh- he should have directed his anger at the management of the girl Shikana.
1: Actually, you're right Not, in that regard, yeah, because it's the rank and file that will get the grief. You're right.
7: The man in the street is standing outside the same what the you doing here? shake off and mind your own business, yeah, you know, and, that, yeah. and that's it. You know what I mean? Go on so away and I catch think,
1: some criminals and stuff like that, and muggers. Yeah, yeah.
7: yeah. And and they're, and they're doing that. And 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 and, 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 and you know, like uh, I support the girls, and, and and I and I leave it at that. I support the girls, and uh, and you know, their right. hands are tied. They, they understand. But listen, to me come down to us for, for the weekend. You're more than welcome.
1: <laughs> Thanks for the offer. You, you're putting me up, so is it?
7: I'd have no bother putting
9: you up at all boy. once you give me 800 euros you're fine
1: <laughs> <laughs> good luck have a great weekend Jim and you all and all of the yawlites that listen I find that making payments by electricity fund transfers is very convenient I had turbulent times before with retailers trying to fork out the correct change. Sometimes I've been cheated in the change. Sometimes I've been ripped off. I wish I could have done it electronically many years ago. So somebody that loves the movement away from cash. The cash, the society that they're trying to create, will only benefit the banks and the government. Everything that you do in a day and involving the use of a card will be forever recorded. There are certain things, legal or illegal, you pay in cash. If there's no cash, how do you pay? Buy dollars on the black market to go back and pay for your tobacco that you bought on the black market, which at the moment actually is being bought everywhere. Black market backy. There'll be a huge black market for cash and goods and services will evolve from a cashless society. Uh, Hackers um, are getting better at it too. Every euro you own is on a screen. Someday it will be gone with the click of a mouse. We need to keep cash. But where do you keep it then? You can't keep it all in your person. Do you keep it at home? Do you keep it in a vault? If so, where? Uh, what do you do with your money if you don't put it in a bank? Neil, you said that there would be no consequences to not paying. I said there'd be no charges. Uh, but they were, there were saying yesterday that not paying this overdraft could affect your credit rating, which would affect your ability to get loans or to get a mortgage in the future. So there are absolute effects, says Jar, the taxi driver. Yes, there are. What, what I was saying was the Bank of Ireland said there would be no consequences with regards to interest or penalties or things like that. But if you don't pay it back, then it does affect your credit your credit rating. But it looks now as if Bank of Ireland is just going to take it from your account anyway. So the point is somewhat moot, I suppose. It was all foreigners at the banks withdrawing our cash, our taxpayers' money. How do, how do you know that? I mean, that could be just deemed as a full-stop racist comment. Because obviously, people have all walks of life from all, all countries are standing at the ATMs um, ha 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 so should they take it back that way people took it and knew it was wrong there should be no payment plans people should just be charged for it take it straight out of their account the way they took it from the ATM uh, some people may have needed a few bob to feed their family so I don't blame them. Full stops is Alicia and Waterford. and probably suggesting that I shouldn't blame them either. Uh, while I don't agree with what people did as far as the ATMs the other night, I strongly don't agree with my grandchildren and great-grandchildren having to pay a debt that we never actually owed. All I can say is let the banks take these people to court. It'll cost them a fortune. Nothing but a greedy bunch of white-collar criminals. Yeah, I know, and the debt you're talking about is the debt after the crash. Banks in this country can reclaim money from your account without notification. But in other European countries, they can't do that without going through the court system. It would make you wonder, wouldn't it? Looking at the clips of the idiots in the ATMs, they were all young uh, males, not pensioners or older people. How could Anne take 150 out online? I wanted to check my bank app, but it was just a blank screen. Um, Neil, if you want to know the quickest way to contact a bank, withhold your mortgage payment. Uh, did you know that the Bank of Ireland are serviced out of a call centre in India thank you for those texts to uh, 0868 The Neil Prendeville
2: Show on Cork's Red FM our phone lines remain open after midday
1: 0818 104 106 uh, On the uh, Parkinson interview with Muhammad Ali, uh, interesting text says you know what Ali was trying to say back in 1971 in that interview with the late Michael Parkinson he was trying to say that multicultural does not work and I'm not being racist I'm being realistic you you are right that was the message in the interview in the clip that we played that integration Ali felt back then was a bad idea and he was making the point that races should not mix with other races but interesting uh, what he was saying and one wonders whether or not uh, we're learning anything in all of the decades ever since. Uh, I, I, I don't believe that integration is a bad idea. I really and truly don't. I think that people should have the right to freedom and the right to movement and the right to marry and fall in love with whomever they wish. Ali at the time was not a believer or an agreeer of that. Text 0868 I spoke earlier on this morning with uh, Peter O'Riordan who's out in Hawaii and he had a very um, emotional conversation with me. I did hear also that uh, his mother Deirdre O'Riordan back here in Cork um, is very worried for them and obviously is uh, thousands and thousands of miles away from them um, and I'm just curious as to whether or not uh, she um, is aware that I spoke to her son this morning but she joins me on the phone. Deirdre good morning, I think you might have caught a small bit of the conversation. Good I think, morning, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah,
10: I just caught the first couple of minutes unfortunately I had another... I know you um, did, I know you did. Uh, but <laughs>
1: but you know, so. Yeah, but um, how, how, how do yeah. you feel when you look at um, how, how close they came to death when you see the remains, the charred remains of their home and their car in the drive, which is which are both unrecognizable.
10: Um, horrified, I suppose, really. Um, and uh, you, uh, just to refer, you know, the clip you paid there of Meg Ryan on Parkinson and yeah. you know, he's talking about not being comfortable, you yeah. know, whatever. I suppose we're probably in the same boat, you know. Peter has kind of always been in the public eye, and I always said, yeah. He's the one who chose to be in the public eye. We didn't. Yeah, you know? I, know. I know. All of this is very, I suppose, you know, not that it's uncomfortable, but, you know, it's it's kind of difficult because we don't put ourselves out there. Yeah. Um, yeah, it just uh, horrifying. And, and the fact that he was in Chicago at the time, I actually think was a miracle um, because, you know, I'm sure you'll get from speaking to Peter this morning. Peter puts everybody ahead of himself. Mm. That's, that's just how he is, you know. Mm. Mm. Um, and I know if Peter had been in Maui and he had been in his house, there was a possibility that the children could have been in the house with him mm. as opposed to being in their mother's house. Mm. Um, he could have woken, you know, in the middle of the night or during the night to find the house ablaze around him. Mm. He may not have gotten out. I could be having a very different conversation with you this morning um he also would have been liable uh, to run into a burning building to see if there was anybody in there that he could pull out. Um, he, strikes, you know, he
1: strikes me as that kind of a chap, to be honest I, with you. I, I,
10: listen, you have no idea of him. We were on holidays when he was a teenager in Majorca on the beach. This This really bad storm blew up and there was a child in the water who got into difficulty. The mother was on the beach hysterical. Peter was about maybe 17 at the time. And Peter ran headlong into the sea and brought the child out.
1: Oh, my God. And he's still doing it today with and best he can. Yeah, today. yeah. Absolutely. Even his own limited resources he's given. All of his own money.
10: Totally. Like, he was saving um, to put a deposit on an apartment because he wanted to buy something. And I was talking to him on Saturday night and he was in tears. He was crying. He was telling me what he had seen. And he said, you know, I went to Costco, Mum, and I got uh, water and food, you know, I... I spent seven grand, and I said, uh, seven grand from where? And he said, oh, like what I put together for the the deposit. And I said, you know... uh,
1: He spent all he had, the seven grand that he owned and uh, buying things for other people in need. Uh,
10: Yeah, and, you know...
1: You should be very proud of him.
10: Yes, I absolutely, I, I totally am. I've always been really proud of him. But I suppose what I just wanted to kind of clarify, because it came out on the news this morning, is that... There is an argument, you know, and I can see people saying, really, you know, he spent seven grand, he never even thought about himself or his children or rehousing. He doesn't think like that. You know, he had driven into Lahaina, he had seen the need, he had seen people who were in a far worse situation than he was, and his initial reaction was, these people need to be helped. Are you referring to
1: idiots online, is it? I haven't
10: seen any comments, but you know, I can see, you know, I can see the argument. Was it foolhardy? There's an argument to be made for it. Absolutely. You know, was it a humanitarian gesture? I don't think you you should have
1: to justify it either way. He did what he felt he needed to do. And it's the way that you reared the lad like. I mean, you should be very proud of him. He did what he felt was the right thing to do in the moment. Um, Absolutely. uh, uh, And I think
10: that's... And hopefully exactly and hopefully, no he'll problem,
1: be rewarded no. for that kind gesture in the future, you know. While he's giving away his own money, for God's sake, I hear others were looting over there. So who would you prefer yes. to have, a guy who gives or a absolutely. guy who takes, you know? Yes,
10: absolutely, I know, I know. And, uh, yeah, like, he's just, he has just been working tirelessly and he's so exhausted and he's so frustrated, you know. And um, his thing was... Hmm. I don't want to be talking about myself. That's not, you know, that's that's not the news story I want out there. What I want is for people to see, you know, the absolute destruction and devastation. You know, and I listened to you talking there to that man in Yawl you know, for the Ironman and and really, if you can imagine Yawl, because Lahaina is a seaside town like I said in the the interview yesterday with the news um, reporter very much like or yall, or any of
2: being the wiped out.
10: Uh, yeah, I mean, can you just imagine? You know, you are y'all is looking amazing at the moment. Can you imagine going down there tomorrow morning and just seeing a pile?
0: Yeah,
1: of ash? I know. And Peter Peter made a, made a comparison to say Kinsale but you're absolutely yes. right. How can people? Yes. How can people help though?
10: Um, well, my sister very kindly started a GoFundMe for him. And again, it was something that we kind of held back on because as I see, we don't particularly like the spotlight being shined on us, you know. Yeah, well, Noel did it because
1: uh, she did it out of love and concern, yeah.
10: Absolutely, because he, Peter had started a GoFundMe for his own employees. You know, his business is now gone. I mean, there, there is no business. He is in partnership with another guy. They have two catamarans their business was doing whale trips and snorkeling trips. The minute it happened, he immediately, um, you know, put crews on the boats and had them ferrying people, you know, who were stranded, ferrying supplies, bringing supplies onto the beach. He used it for those purposes, but you know, his business is completely dependent on tourism. There will be no tourism. You know, that town was going to take years to be rebuilt. Um, so I suppose my sister just felt this guy is helping everybody and anybody, you know, um, mm, mm. who's going to help him? And I several don't. people had said, you know, what about starting a GoFundMe? What can we do? And I kind of thought, oh, you know, but my sister. Said, I know you're oh, uncomfortable that
1: about it, but it, the... it's, it's there now yeah. and it's called Father yeah. and Two Sons Who Lost Everything yeah. in Maui Fires. Yeah. He is a Cork father as well. Let us bear that in mind. But isn't there I'll talk see. about a shipping container? Did I hear that somewhere this yeah. morning?
10: Yeah, so I was asked yesterday, um, you know, what would my dream be? What would I really like? And I said, if I could manage to get five minutes in the day, I what I would really love um, would be a shipping contain a container of goods to go out to him so that he could distribute it to the people that most need it, you know. So I was calling on some corporation, business, Um, shipping company, sponsoring a container um, to go out there that people could actually contribute goods. Now, I don't know exactly what they need. And I did speak to Peter last night about it. And I said, look, you know, if I can get this off the ground, then obviously I will be coming to you. Give me a list. Tell me what you need. You know, and he said, absolutely. But, you know, real basic things like shoes, underwear, clothes, towels, sheets uh, anything you'd have in a house really because these people are starting from absolute They are
1: starting from nothing and uh, and, uh, there's been shocking criticism from the top down of Joe Biden and all the way down with yes. regards to the reaction and the response time to the disaster. They've been found very mm-hmm. wanting, never mind the fact that they didn't use sirens and what have you. Uh, yes. Peter was saying that it's a billionaire's paradise and they're not even pulling their weight, the billionaires living on the island.
10: No, no, no. And I, I mean, I, I laughed when I saw his, um, his tweet to Elon Musk, you know, but again, that's, you know, that's Peter. He doesn't care who you are, what you are. If you can help, why, why aren't you? You know, um, and, and I just kind of found, found it amusing, you know, the way he was calling on Elon Musk, the same as he would say, Neil, come on. Yeah, I know, I know. I know. I know. He's a
1: very articulate but, young man. I can tell you that. You should be very <laughs> proud of him. But, you, but know.
10: you know, he doesn't care. You know, he, he will say, you know, Oprah, Zuckerberg, you know, you're all the people with the money. Um, I saw a tweet last night that he put out there's goods in California they need a plane because this is another thing you see there's six miles or six hours plane ride from the mainland so the logistics of getting stuff out there is a nightmare you I know, know? I know um, really. and he said there's goods ready to go in California we just need a plane you know so Peter's thing is, who's got a plane who's got access to a plane give us the plane you know we have all the stuff. Can you just bring it
1: out here? To He's us? there, but you're not. And it's frustrating for yeah, you. Yeah, no, but absolutely. at least, you know what, at yes, least all yes. of them are safe. Um, I, I know that there's Completely, been a huge cost to thank be paid. God for that. Yeah, um, but they are you safe know. and it could be entirely different. And God knows how many people actually lost their lives. The numbers keep rising absolutely. all of the time. But I tell absolutely. you what, if anybody is listening or a company might like to sponsor or somebody might have that container and Peter is more details of what's needed. Um, I, I certainly, if anybody gets in touch with me, we'll be back to you with it, you know.
10: Thank you. Thank you so much. And Not again, like, like Peter said this morning, the, the generosity of spirit, you yeah. know, and of uh, support from yeah. Cork people, Irish people, is phenomenal. I mean, we're, we're just blown away by it. And yeah. again, thank you from the bottom of our hearts I mean it sincerely, you know, people are amazing, absolutely amazing. And it means so much because, you know, like you said, I'm on the other side of the world from him. I can't be there. Yeah, I know. There's no point in me being there. You know, um, I did get an offer, you know, from a, a, a friend of mine, a, a guy that I, I, I know from years and hadn't been in touch with him for years. And he works for, for British Airways and he got on to me the other night and he said, look, I can actually I can get a flight for you you know, at a reduced cost Mm. out to Los Angeles. And I said, Jason, thanks so much for that. But Mm. there's no point in me going out there. Mm. I can't do anything. You know, there's nowhere for me to stay. Um, Mm. He is already, you know, he's staying in the the house of his uh, business partner's parents. Um, the children's mother has managed to find an apartment for her I children. I chatted about
1: yeah, yeah, we spoke you about know, that. Yeah. So
10: there's no, there's no point in me going up there. I can't do anything. No, no, it's best for, for you me. to try That's and stay
1: and do the best you totally, can here and, totally, and I'll help you in um, any way yeah. possible in that regard. Yes. So I'll be back yeah. to you if anybody picks up on the shipping container or indeed anybody that wants to give Yeah, whatever may be needed, and I'll give a good push as well to the GoFundMe. All right, Deirdre.
10: Thank you so much. Thank you. And you know, can I just say to people, um, there's no such thing, you know, as a small donation. There's just no such thing. It it all helps. Everything helps, you know. And um, I, I just I don't want people to be intimidated by that, and certainly. you know, I was saying, share the link if you wish, please do oh, absolutely. Not I'd like say it's already been
1: done. If not, link. I will make sure that it is and I'll get others yeah, to do it as well.
10: Know, thank okay. you. All thank right you to, so much to everybody. Take thank care, thank care for you. now. Take She's care. Neil and the team. Bye-bye.
1: Bye-bye. bye GoFundMe search. Um, uh, you can search Noel Toomey if you wish, wish, or else you can just search father and two sons who lost everything in Maui fires. We've already shared it on our Twitter account. Just pop on there. And click the link. With regards to Maui, hi Neil. Oprah showed up for a photo opportunity. Prendo, you should know that. Uh, yeah, perhaps there was an element of glory-seeking involved in it. Uh, isn't interest? Isn't it interesting that the billionaires' properties weren't destroyed? Isn't it interesting that real estate agents are now contacting survivors in order to buy up the remains of their properties? I mean, that is like grave robbing, isn't it? That's certainly a disgusting thing to do real estate would be prime you're talking about one of the hawaiian islands Um, actually peter kind of half made that point that their island is not for sale isn't it interesting that the federal government can give untold billions to ukraine will only give $700 to each victim of the Maui fire. Watch now as this land is bought up by the likes of Bill Gates as he's been doing throughout the US for years. Or else people bury your heads in the sand and do nothing says Ritchie in Toker. Back after the break. Talk
2: to Neil Prenderville now 0818 104 106
1: Cork's Red FM. Uh, just before quitting time this morning can I just mention we have more family passes to great tourist destinations across the county. Footgolf Cork is the latest one we're giving away way down on the outskirts of Kinsale and we will have four family passes to give away just before midday. More on that in a few minutes time. Uh, Neil, I was listening to your show. John says, I was listening to your show yesterday. I heard you reading out a letter about the state of the country and the possibility of some of our politicians and their big jobs in Europe when they're finished with Irish politics. But you said Uh, that you felt that there were a couple of politicians one in particular who might be in this position to move to Europe any chance of you speaking a bit more about this and giving the people of Cork a chance to give their opinions great show says John I can't say any more than I've already said John because to me at this stage it's not confirmed Uh, I do know of the possibility of politicians moving to Europe one in particular that might have a fairly fairly uh, senior position uh, there for the taking if needed But because it's not confirmed, and not being confirmed, of course, means that it's just pretty much on the same level as rumour. I can't say any more about it uh, for now. Apologies there. Marie says, the whole thing has gone mental with regard to customer service. I was at the tax office the other day to put in my form. There was a lovely man there, and he was trying to fill in this form. He was so stressed out, I had to help him. He had no mobile phone, and he was a really lovely countryman. But he couldn't get a grip on all of this stuff. There are people sitting in there, but you can't go in that door inside. It's a complete and utter disgrace for older people who are the salt of the earth for paying their stuff. But look at what is happening to them now. I felt so sad for that man. His blood pressure has probably gone up because of all of this form filling, says Marie in Thon. I'll come back to that and lots more besides on tomorrow's programme, but I'm trying to clip along as best I can. Also, I didn't drill into that poor misfortunate woman who was traumatised after being dragged barefoot into her, by in her pyjamas from her home because of uh, a warrant, which actually was a lapsed warrant for a, an unpaid television fine taken away and locked up in a cell. So that's the, uh, they're the two types of Ireland that we live in, you know, and that's that much of this kind of um, uh, annoyance or anger uh, or frustration is, is created by national government, really, it, it is. And if you talk of racism in Ireland, who's creating it and who's creating division? Only the policymakers. Anyway, that's just my own thought and more on that tomorrow. I was talking about um, uh, Man happening down in Yall at the weekend. And yesterday I was talking, uh, of course, about uh, Cork on a Fork. Um, John McKenna on, went to the Cork on a Fork uh, tasting menus at... Uh, The Princess Street locations last night, was a great buzz there. Loads of people, a lot of the different restaurants offering their own food. There was live music and jazz and opera singers and all sorts of things. There was a great buzz there. But it continues right across today, tomorrow and over the weekend. One in particular that I'm very, very interested in is the talk that's been given by Regina Sexton, the food historian, uh, on Lee Side, and that will be well worth going to us tomorrow morning at 11 o'clock in the morning. Uh, and to tell us a little bit more about it is the food historian herself, and Regina joins me by phone. Regina, thank you so much for taking the call. Good morning.
14: Good morning, Neil, and uh, thanks for having me on.
1: Where's the talk tomorrow morning?
14: Now, the talk is in the Crawford uh, Art Gallery in the lecture theatre, there just um, before the cafe uh, on your left hand side as you walk in. So, um, I'm on there tomorrow morning. Uh, In fact, the theatre has a number of talks throughout the festival. So if you just go on to corkandafork.ie, you'll see the full line-up. So um, I'm on tomorrow morning uh, at 11 with um, two UCC colleagues, uh, Flicka Small and uh, Tom Spaulding. And just before us, in fact, is another UCC colleague, uh, um, Alan Kelly, who's talking about milk.
1: I've so, got yeah. that on the list of things that are worth going to visit. Tom Spaulding, the historian, um, will be very interesting as well as your good self. Because are you talking about the evolution of food and food production in Cork, or the foods that we ate in the generations gone before?
14: Yeah, I suppose I kind of take it I I start off in a very. Um I suppose I look at this claim that Cork has as the food capital of Ireland and I suppose we could look at that as being part of the kind of the court mentality of exceptionalism and so on but
11: <laughs> what I'm interested in is <laughs> <Love it. laughs>
14: oh, which, what I'm interested in is to see you know is there any truth in that claim and in fact I think there is.
1: Of course you because do we are the best woman you know that.
14: <laughs> yeah I do and I'm going to, going to stand up in public tomorrow and defend us from uh, with it o- with two others as well Um, So, yeah, so, you know, it's really interesting because, uh, you know, we see that big uh, poster banner exclamation and uh, it's kind of provocative, I suppose, for people outside Cork. But when you start to look around at at what happens in terms of development of Cork food over the centuries, you know, since the beginning of time really I suppose Um, and you you piece everything together you see that the food story of of the city and of course the county because the city can't function without the hinterlands of agriculture and so on and if you piece the whole thing together it's really really a deep and interesting story so that's what I'm going to talk about And that that would
1: be from maybe the 1600s upwards where we became the centre of pretty much the world for beef and butter export and all the way along then is it?
14: We did. And in fact, that's not that, that's not an exaggeration. We're, and I'm, that would be the modern period. You know, we're looking at the modern period, I suppose, really. And what happens is that uh, this small island on the edge of Europe and this small city, relatively speaking, becomes one of the leading um, food exporters globally in the world. Because what's happening at that time is that the new world is opening up and the new world is talking about the Americas. And because we're part of the uh, the colony, we're part of the British Empire. Mm. Mm. Um, Ireland and Cork, in particular, is looked upon as being uh, a food producing and food exporting.
1: It was
0: incredible. Uh, centre. Yeah. Yeah.
14: yeah, yeah, it's really, it's really, really incredible. Because what happens is that this small little island is uh, shipping out incredible quantities of salted beef, salted offal, uh, and butter. Uh, into the new world and going other places as well, down into India, into Australia. And, of course, what's happening is that Ireland becomes um, enmeshed in this whole globalisation, the first globalisation project, really, I suppose I would see. And that has massive repercussions for Cork and Cork City. Mm. First of all, it's it's exploiting the agricultural hinterlands of, of beef and dairy. Um, that's then facilitated by the Natural Harbour at Cove. Uh, to be able to, take, you know, to take the ships in. It was perfect, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then what happens is that, um, you know, this vast amounts of money are, are are brought back into the city, and the glory of Cork City, in terms of its uh, its architecture and the legacy of that architecture on the city, is the 18th century, and it's di- and the merchant princes and so on have emerged, and that's directly connected with Ireland's role in food producing, and the remnants of that that we see today, the remnants, which is a very vibrant site of food culture. A quick look
1: at today, well not, not not today as in 2023, but you hone in maybe on significant changes in the 60s and 70s when um, you had an awful lot more of the smaller producers coming to the fore and then you had, um, we started to step, step up on a gastronomic level, didn't we, whether it was the Ryans or the Allans and and people like that, am I right?
14: Yeah, exactly so, uh, Neil. And what happens here is that Ireland becomes the pulse point, you know, of the emergence of what, I, you know, in fancy terms, I would say, a different way of producing food, a different food food uh, system. So down in West Cork, you have the emergence of the cheesemakers who are producing food on a very different level, a different scale to a different ethic, first of all. And that uh, prompts international, international recognition. And then it prompts a whole community of food producers that today we celebrate in terms with the artisan and speciality food. And
1: the superbly developing farmers' markets that we see all of the time, which we now take for granted, right?
14: Exactly. And then you move, if you swing from West Cork, we pass the city and then go down to East Cork, you have the uh, international figure here of Myrtle Allen, who's promoting a very um, uh, genuine and sincere uh, appreciation of Irish ingredients, Irish produce, Irish farmers, that gains international reputation for Ireland, uh, as does Benny Malou house and she starts a whole, i suppose investment in ingredients in uh, think in, in getting people to think about what we do best, and that's food production, so she brings pride it's expressed on the place and so on yeah. and then that developed into more recent kind of developments like the start of the first farmers market in Ireland being the uh, Middleton market in in 2000. The
1: Middleton market is where it all started. Listen, I wish I had more time but it sounds absolutely fascinating uh, and I'd encourage anybody to get along to it. You're saying it's tomorrow morning 11 o'clock at the Crawford. Um, That's just part part one part of the events that are happening across Friday.
14: An extensive programme and, you know, kudos to Cork City Council who've who've put together just an an incredibly vibrant festival until Sunday.
1: Let's drive Um, it on. Let's drive it on. Look after yourself, Regina. Have a good day uh, and enjoy the rest of the week.
14: Take yeah. Care. Thank you, Neil. Okay, all the best. Cork on night. a
1: fork dot, sorry, Cork on a fork fest dot com. Sorry. I've got it wrong twice. Cork on a fork fest dot ie is where you will find all of the details for everything that's happening across today, tomorrow, and right across the weekend. Cork on a fork fest dot ie. There are a lot of other events happening tomorrow besides that one. There's a fabulous cooking demo uh, on in the market today from midday to two and another one from two until four uh, at the English market. And they'll be cooking all things from the English market. I was referencing earlier on the Butter Museum which are doing a fabulous, fabulous event this is on Friday. You just rock in there two to four in the afternoon. They'll be doing the traditional soda bread and butter and they'll be talking about spiced beef and battle board and the traditional sweets from Lenahan Sweet Shop. There's also a big festival demo on and loads of marquees and markets right across the city, but primarily in and around the Emmett Price Place area. And I'll be dealing with some more of those topics on tomorrow's show. I'm out of time for now, but we are open for our more family passes for various Cork locations to take yourselves and the family off to. And today we're featuring foot golf. Now, down in Kinsale, this was originally uh, a golf course and I remember as a young full of traipsing after my father as he played golf on a uh, Sunday morning down in Kinsale. Now it's foot golf. Seems like an awful lot of fun. You literally... you play play by kicking a football into 18 holes with the least amount of shots, so technically it would be uh, very much doable. Do you ever, it would be great if it's possible uh, to play that clip about um, uh, the development of golf way back in the day by uh, uh, Robbie, by um, uh, what's the second actor or the comedian, can't remember his name, it's up there online somewhere, Robin Williams did it. Do you ever see that? It's very funny where they decided to create a game called golf in Scotland, if we can find the audio for that tomorrow if there's not too many ifs in it. They've also launched a thing called Hurl Golf. It's the same concept, but you use a hurley, as we say here. Not what they say up the country, a hurl, a hurley. So, anyway, we have four passes to give away. It allows two adults and two children to play a round of foot golf or hurl golf with pizza afterwards. So, this is a fabulous opportunity for the family. For further details at footgolfcork.com. So, we'll take callers 9, 10, 11, and 12 to zero eight one eight one zero four one zero six. Have a good day. I'll see you tomorrow. For
0: more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts.